Welcome to the I Am Talk Corner Super Specials, Day 1. Alright guys, welcome along to Back It Up, John. This is pretty exciting, isn't it? It is. Why is it exciting, John? This is a Kona Super Special live from Kona. Is it live? Well, live enough. What's live? People can make that up. (laughs) (laughs) We're in Kona. It's the Kona Super Special team, and we've been been working hard all day today, and we're going to tell you all about that in a minute. But before we do, we have to tell you about who's got us here, and let's give a bit of love to the sponsors. Endurance Sport Travel. So endurancesportstravel.com, and they fed us amazing breakfast this morning, and they're looking after us. And Mm -hmm. you know what's really funny, John? What? We're in the same condo as we were last time. It's just like deja vu. It is. And then we've got, who else, Jombo? I haven't let John write a list down, so I'm testing him on the spot. Lava Java. Java Java, we went there and had an amazing. What did you have for lunch? I had a nice wrap with the sort of chickpeas and hummus. It was delicious, and a little pasta salad on the side, and a smoothie. I am. Um, I actually went. Um, I went to chicken. Chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you chose chips instead I chose of salad. Chips. Weighing them down for the wet suit act. With Charles, he told me I'm getting a bit skinny. Yeah. Thanks, Charles. You mate. Feeling the love. And then uh, who's next? Who's next? He's thinking. He's thinking. Look at this, John. Oh. O2 Creations. That made us our own T-shirts, team. Now, if you go to the website and you check out O2, um, dum, 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 I am talked up me, mm-hmm. you'll see our cool T-shirts of I am talk T-shirts. And O2 Creations website is o2creations.com. It's, I'm sure it's probably there. Sure, yeah. hey, Google it. Yeah. And uh, so that's all good in the hood. And then lastly, Audio Technica. Audio Technica. Now we've been raving on about these guys lately, and they rock the party. We know that, but they've sent us through special mics, so we can record with our iPhones, and it's. Awesome. So, Audio Technica, if you're ever thinking again, technical gear for conferences, for work stuff, anything that needs to be recorded, check out audiotechnica.com or audio, maybe it's slash Technica. Do a Google search again. Yes. And you, the listeners. No, no. Is and, our, and our regular sponsors. Yeah, let's do our regular sponsors. Coffeesofwire.com. Record it off Albert today, and Albert's rocking the party. Extreme Endurance. And we've got samples. If you're in Kona, come see the boys. We've got you lots can, of samples. Yeah, I reckon. Over delivered, didn't they? Yeah. And. Athlinks.com. And after this weekend, if you're a race, you'll be able to go on Athlinks, put your mm. race report out there, tell everyone in the world, and they're going to go, OMG, that guy's a legend, O-M-G. or that girl. And John, lastly, who's the most important sponsor for the show? The listeners. Seriously, we, um, you know, a few years ago, we had the dream of coming to Kona and doing, you know, what we're doing right now, and it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, the first one was awesome, and so we mm-hmm. wanted to do it again. And, you know, this is only happening, really. As much as we speak about the other sponsors, it's really happening because you guys wanted us to be here. And so for anyone who's donated over the last three or four years and to get us to Kona, especially in the last two years since the last one, uh, we know we've given you your nickname. And, and But really, at the end of the day, this show is because of you. And we have got some few extra nicknames, which we probably won't do tonight because we're thinking what we might do is we might get the pros, as we do interviews over the next few days, to announce the nicknames or maybe even vent nicknames yes. for people who have donated. So if you haven't got your nickname yet, um, we'll get the process to do your nickname over the next few days. But if you do want to donate, just go to our page, I'm Talked At Me, and there's a little support the show button. We've got a long show in front of you today. We've, um, we've, all still, we've still got a couple more interviews. It's, what, it's, what's the time here now? It's 6.35pm. 6.35 at night in Kona right now, and we've still got another probably hour of... You know, we had a 4, 4 a.m. wake up this morning yeah. and uh, done a little bit, went out for a little ride, and then... Well, we back it up. Let's just do a bit of a quick update. We got on the plane, John, and did we get the extra meal? Okay. Uh, we nearly missed out on the juice if it wasn't for me. No, the extra meal. Oh, on no, the wait, plane. Oh, we, oh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not throwing in. Yeah. Yeah, Bevan came through. 
stage one. And then John spilled it over his pants, and he's yeah. been walking around all day with his pants. It looks like he's pooped his front. We, we, we had my, 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 I've spilled some beef on my beef. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that happened, and then we got over here, We and it was quite cool going flying over, because you yeah, it is. You kind of get your triathletes in your community, and a lot of the triathletes around our community were on the plane, and so we got to catch up a few people, and it was kind of cool. Then we arrived last night, got a, got a, a motel for the night in Honolulu. John didn't sleep very well. I slept okay. like a baby. Yes. Apparently, I slept tall. Yes, he did. What did I say? Just once. He just told everybody to get in place. <laughs> I'm here, guys. I'm here. Race director Bev. And then um, from there, we, we caught on the plane this morning. We got up at five in the morning. Four. Oh, four in the morning, too. What's all that about? And we arrived in Kona. What did we do when we get here? got here? We just came back here. I put the bikes together. Bevan, yep. Bevan was pretty sorted. sorted about my audio technica stuff, so I was sorting out the microphones. And then we went out for our mass group ride. <laughs> and uh, Adrian Maisie was laying on the smack down on the front for a few little four minute intervals. Came back in, and then it was work time. And the other guy? Barry Breffel. Oh, I think it is. And he's going to give some love to his triathlon club, I think. I, was, oh, I can't remember what it was. I told him to email me, so hopefully he emailed me, Barry. Yeah. So uh, that was just kind of cool. I tell you what, Bev's not that sharp on the bike, mate. No, no, I was out no. back on that last set and I was puffing and huffing and dying yeah. away. No, no, you're a bars, Bevan. So then we, what was happened from there is we um, went in and we just kind of sorted our stuff out. Then a good friend of the show, Mary Beth Ellis, came along and yes. we did an interview with her, which we'll put on first up in today's show. And then we've just been and spent some time with Mecca, mm-hmm. talking about where he's at, what's happened with the ITU, and also Harry sees the race panning out this weekend. And then coming up after this, uh, all going well, we have Miranda Carfrey and uh, her partner, Timothy O'Donnell. And maybe even, um, who's that person flirting with them? Well, that was just what somebody said, Belinda Granger's with them. But if we do that, Bevan, we're going to be up for a long yeah, night. Be a long, so long night. So we might save her for another time. So I suppose the first day highlights, John, what, what, you know, you're coming into Kona. Let's, let's create the feel for the listener out there. Wow. We're sitting at work right now going, I wish I was going to Kona. I wish I was there. What, what would it be like, John? Both, what would you notice first of all? We've come into our room, and we, we only did an hour and a half on the bike, and we've, we've both got some serious uh, We've already got the tan lines happening, haven't we? The tan lines are happening. But it's the, uh, it's the same old story. Got, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how massive they are in the swim tomorrow. Exactly. Um, I think the main thing is when you come here, you just get blown away by the number of tri geeks everywhere. You, know, you, do, you go to other Ironmans and it's all they're all sort of around, you know, centred around where the, the race officers. Um, but here, you can't avoid it. You know, just everywhere, up, up, all up Lehi Drive. We've driven all the way down the other end of Lehi Drive, and it's just athletes for Africa. And uh, it's awesome, but like you know, like you know, like if you're not a triathlete, you probably look at us and think we're a weird bunch of people. And in some ways, we probably are. But at the same time, it's pretty cool to you know, like just to see so many people who are passionate about the sport mm. running down the roads. You know, it's, and, and you know, when you're not here as an athlete, you sometimes neglect how important this is to people. And you know, everyone who's training right now, running down the roads, riding down the roads, you know, this is one of the biggest weeks of their lives mm-hmm. and you know so many you know unanswered questions and so much doubt that comes along with this race and it's it's been pretty cool just to ride around today or drive around this time we're not riding around which we're pretty happy about yeah. uh, it's pretty awesome to ride around and see these people you know kind of in that week before the race so it's been pretty exciting times big waves when we arrived this morning I commented that when we first arrived in I thought geez there's some big waves and we were talking to a couple of people over lunch Mimi yeah. um, and she was saying there was some serious waves out there this morning so See if that uh, pans out for the rest of the week. We on our on our little bike ride. Uh, very very calm conditions. I thought it was a little bit of a breeze, but really it was, yeah, it uh, it was very very it was calm. Warm. It was it was pretty warm. Uh, but yeah, no, everything's gone fairly smoothly. What's well, been so the highlight of day one for you, Jumbo? 
highlight of day one, the chips we're eating right now, Bevan. Yeah, we've, what have we got? We've got some some crisp harvest cheddar chips. Yes. John's had more than me, but it's got to be baggy, mate. Yeah. We'll oh, come on, you know you have. And I've got to say, my feed at Lava Java was, uh, was, was top notch. So, oh, wait, we've interviewed Macro and Mary Fellas, and your feed at Lava Java is. Comes right to the end of them. No, it's good. We've got plenty more in front of us the rest of the day. Bevan, your highlight? Um, I just arriving. Mm. You know, like it is that whole. It, it's Kona, it's a big week, man, and, and it's it's interesting just being around the, the buzz of the town, and it's interesting, you go to other races, and you're kind of, it's not really until a couple of days before the race where you really get the feel, mm. and whereas in Kona, you know, we arrived on Tuesday, which is still four or five days before the race, or four days before the race, and you you definitely get that feel, that the buzz of what's about to happen, and so I just think over the next few days, that, that anticipation and that excitement around the race is going to be more and more exciting. I've got a new highlight for the day. Go. My internet just started working on my computer. I'm now connected to the net. Oh, so it goes internet, lava java, and then yeah. the interviews. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Love, mate. Yeah. Mr. Love. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to check on the first of our interviews, and this is Mary Beth Ellis, and uh, she was she's actually she was a listener of the show, and you'll find out during the during the interview we're going to claim that the reason she's been so successful is because of us. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, because she was listening to our show. Well, let, let her tell a story. Let her tell a story. Okay, let's at the end it. of this, we'll we'll do it. Yes. Okay, so here's Mary Beth Ellis, lovely, lovely girl, and uh, here she is with. You know, her life story, John. We're just going to tell it all. Here we go, back in 33, back in Nam. Mm. Here we go, Rumble. Interview number one. Interview number one, John. This is a kind of super special, and it's pretty exciting. Do you know why? Why? Because we've got our first interview. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and the good thing about this interview is she actually approached us about the and interview. We've got some it's records. Records? Records. Oh, Fastest yeah. Ironman on debut in 8.43 in Ironman Austria. 8.43? John, did you ever go faster than that? No. It's just the course is short not the course is short in Austria. It's not short and right. And uh, roads roads perfect distance. Ironman Canada nine oh three and Ironman Regensburg nine eighteen and what rank in race is one, one and one. So she's currently so undefeated. undefeated at Ironman. And who is this amazing person, John? Mary Beth Ellis, Mary- welcome along. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah, it's great. So um uh, tell us first of all. What? ITU background, that's what we want to hear yeah, about. We, to hear about we want to hear about the ITU background, because I, I picked you on your first race. Did you? I, you I, I did. did. I, I listened I to the show. Look I can... out for the ITU person coming up. To did say I was a little bit mediocre at ITU, oh. which is, which is, it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> John, it's John accurate. sometimes says things and then after the show yeah. goes, well, if they listen, I feel really bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a good, um, I actually had a really hard season in 2010, um, but I had a good ITU season in, in 09 and got as good as my best was 14th on a WCS race and I had some top 10s in World Cups but um, nothing that was going to get me on the podium unless I had a dramatic change um, but I love the ITU I still follow it and um, yeah I mean there's so many great athletes um, on before, the ITU circuit before we were talking um, before we were just kind of saying how um, you and I were talking and how you didn't see yourself getting to the Olympics as an ITU athlete is that just the key I, I think most people doing it um that, that's kind of the goal. Um, I mean, I think, too, I, I saw up until last year, until 2010, I saw progression every year. So it was like the first year I was probably finishing in the 30s, and then I got to the 20s, and then I was in the teens. And as long as I saw progression, I probably would have stuck with it. But then after last year when I – I mean, I got off the bike with Emma Snowsill and almost got lapped in Budapest last uh, year. So yeah, yeah. it was sort of a wake-up call. I It was – it was. I was overtrained. I was trying to do too much, and just had to decide: did I want to go to seventy point three or ITU? And I could. I couldn't keep trying to do both. At that, at that moment, was there a time where you even considered pulling away from triathlon altogether, or did you? you oh, know, definitely. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, um, yeah. I, 
the end of the year last year was really hard. I was overtrained and then also got a stress reaction in my hip and um, yeah, I was I was just thinking that I was going to move on and um, I was actually on the trainer um, listening to you guys interview Brett Sutton and okay. um, <laughs> I think you guys small yes and um, I, I just everything he was saying I was kind of like I, I mean I obviously knew who he was I think most triathletes do yeah. but I was just thinking. It's sort of my last my last shot, you know. I'd always in the back of my mind thought about it, but it seemed like it was too much of a big commitment and, you know, having to move and be in the camps. But I just thought, you know, I don't want to look back and say, oh, I, if I had done that, maybe I could have gotten to the next level. And so I decided, you know, give it one more shot and then, if not, move on and go back to real, real world. Yeah, well. And what was the reaction of other people? Because obviously Brett's got a... A checkered background, and people either like him or hate him, or just He's got a polarizing different, polarizing character. Got different views yeah. on him. What? How was the reaction of other people when when you joined the group? Um, yeah, some of my training partners in Boulder um, definitely were a little surprised. I was trying to keep it on the on the down low for a little yeah. bit, just um, you know, I just because I wasn't sure how people would react. Um, but most people have been supportive, um, especially mm-hmm. my um, my family, and um, they they have been really supportive and. Um, and then, yeah, I think my training partners are just happy for me, too, now, seeing that I've mm. had a good year. It's clearly worked out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it been like, you know, like, you know, you've gone from your ITU, you were kind of making progress, and you got to that point where you weren't quite making progress, so you made that switch. How has that switch been? Um, it's, it's been good. I always thought I'd be a little better at the long distance stuff. I'm more of a diesel engine, like I have one speed, um... And I it's did, obviously a pretty quick speed, but <laughs> once yeah. um, But I did well in seventy point threes. Um, I did the seventy point three worlds and got second there a couple times. Um, so it was I, I. I was definitely thought I'd be um, decent, but I didn't know that I'd have as much success as I did right away. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a surprise. So it must have been a reasonable eye to you, career. If I'd if I'd picked up on her, it must have been reasonable. Oh, really? So, you see. So, anyway, we've had moved on to the season. You've had your uh, three, obviously, great races. Um, you know, I know 8.43 is a sensational debut time in Austria, but I, I don't know, the, the, the 9.03 in Canada seems potentially more impressive when I know the sort of speeds that the guys go there. They're typically only going 8.30, so you're only sort of half an hour behind the, the first male guy. I mean, how did those races go for you? First question. Second question is... Um, I can't remember how far behind second was in Canada, but I think it was a long way. What's what's the motivation for you to, to keep pushing when you've already got the weight race one? Um, the the races, I guess I'll give you a quick recap. Um, Austria was um, the first one, obviously. So it's I short. Had, and and I, I think Austrian and wrote, you kind of have to yeah, look at those yeah. times and know that you're not going to approach those times in any other course. Yeah. I mean, you know, t- take them for what they are. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether or not they're, sh- I mean, short or not, but... You know, you take them with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's like your time in clear water. You yeah. take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, all day I kept looking at my times and just being so surprised. Like, I came out of the swim in a 48, and I, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got off the bike, and I didn't have a watch on, so I was asking everybody, what time is it? And it was... Why didn't you have a watch on? I, I just don't race for the watch. Wow. I don't know. Um but they said 20 to 1, and I was doing the math in my head, and I was like, oh, wow, I biked pretty fast. And then, um, yeah, so I, I was definitely surprised with the time there. Um, and then, so everything there went pretty much, I mean, the last 10K, the run was hard, but otherwise it was kind of a perfectically scripted race. Um, and then Regensburg, it's like everything went 
wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I came out of the swim and had a spasm in my glute, and so I couldn't get in my arrow bars for the first 90K. Oh, really? So, like, the whole field was going by me, and I was thinking, I was thinking about dropping out and i was like well how can i get to my car and like can i check out of my hotel you know like all the things you shouldn't be thinking in a race um and then it started to loosen up and i was like well i might as well finish the bike um and then i ended up starting to pass some people and got off the bike in third and i was like well if it doesn't hurt i'll just um at least try to finish the run and got off and um, managed to work my way into first and then just you know tried was like just get the win and (laughs) at what point in that race did you know you kind of got the win um, when I passed the girl who was in first, um, she didn't look. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can tell. So, like, some people are going to fight you for it. And um, I mean, she's a great athlete, but you can just tell that she was tired. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And and then Canada um, was different again. Um, it, it went pretty well. Like the goal there was to have a good bike, especially after the experience in Regensburg. So, um, I tried to have a really solid bike, and then um, I. On the run there, it was pretty hot, so it was more of just trying to get home as fast as possible to finish yeah, the race. Yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, that's the motivation to, to, to keep pushing on instead of thinking, oh, I've got this one, I'll slow down, you just want to get it over and done with. <laughs> I'm sick of yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like some of the guys were dropping like flies, and I was yeah. just like, get me to the finish line, because that, that one was one of the ones where I probably went a little too hard on the bike because I got off and I started the run, and I was like, oh, gosh, I'm a little tired yeah. at the first mile, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, by the end of that one, I wasn't even, I, I wasn't pushing hard. It was more just trying to get to the finish as fast as possible just to be done with it. So, so you did at Canada, and that's actually not that long ago, really, in comparison. You know, most of the other pro athletes out there would have done their last time in race a little bit earlier than what they'd done there. And the gap between, you know, Canada that happened not so long ago into this race, what was your approach with training-wise to make sure that you could come into this race? Because I imagine this is your A race for the yeah, year. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, obviously. as much as it can be. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah. so what kind of approach do you? And we know that Brett likes to really kind of get the athletes to do a lot of mileage and work pretty hard. So, what was what has been the approach for you in regards to this gap in between, so that you can turn up this week and perform at your best? Um, the first few weeks after Canada um, took it pretty pretty easy, and um, we tried to come back after about a week um, recovery, and I was still pretty tired, so we took kind of a second week of more recovery focused workouts, and then. Um, got into just probably um, the last few weeks have been just standard blocks of what we usually do. Yeah. Um, but I've been back in Colorado, which isn't that much higher than where we are in Switzerland, but it's, you know, it's a difference between 1,600 meters versus 1,400 meters, and I find that that last little 200 makes it, I get, get a little more tired, I think, or maybe it's just the accumulation of the past races. But yeah. um, just giving myself a little more recovery than I might have earlier in the season. Yeah. So Torsten, our statistician, has you ranked uh, your rating as a 9 hours 16.37, which is his, his adjusted times. That only puts you uh, 40, 40, 37 plus 5, 42 seconds behind Marinda Carfrey on adjusted Ooh. times. So it could be a very close <laughs> race. Yeah, I suppose the thing is, oh, you go, John. Um, so, I mean, obviously going to this race, you haven't done kind of before. Um, any things that are sort of worrying you or uh, you're just going to go out there and do your, your own thing or what's, what's your sort of thinking behind the day for the day? Um, it's hard because you don't know exactly how it's going to work out. Um, I mean my first goal is just to have as good a swim as possible if I can get on my bike first or <laughs> as close to the first women as possible and then That's realistic for that's, you? That's, hmm. that's pretty realistic? Well I mean there's some good swimmers. Rachel Joyce obviously led out the last two years 
Julie Dibbins is always good. Um, and then there's a girl in the, from the U.S. that used to do ITU, Amanda Stevens, who's a mm-hmm. good swimmer. Um, so, Could be yeah, a I should, yeah, it, yeah. Hopefully, I'd be towards the front, but um, just to get on the bike as soon, so that anybody that goes by me, I at least, you know, I'm aware of, so I can make the decision mm. whether or not to try to go with them or not, instead mm. of being on the back foot and having people up the road. Before you know. Yeah, not knowing what's happening in the race. Yeah. Oh, have you had a chance to check out the full course? I've so been out to Hy-Vee. Um, I haven't all been that? all the way to Hy-Vee. Oh, um, nice. I think tomorrow I might just do that last little bit. Um, it's, it's, it's worthwhile doing. Yeah. Do, do, do you think, you know, like they've changed the way the race is happening now with the point system, there's less females in the race, and also with the, the lack of male, male races, you know, we've gone down from about 100, isn't it, to about 50? Mm. Yeah, it's a big drop. You know, in the past, a lot of the female girls from that were behind would often get caught up in the bike. Now, that may not be a problem for you, but do you think it's going to have a massive influence on the way this is raced for the female athletes? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it was like in the past, um, but I, th- I mean, I think it's definitely gonna. It, I think when they moved us to start a half hour earlier, it made a big difference. And now with the smaller field, um, it'll definitely make a difference. I would think in the swim too, where there's just going to be less bodies. So mm-hmm. you know, if you get dropped from a pack, you'll be game over. Yeah. It really could be, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially for the girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else is I going to ask about oh, the race? You go ahead. Well, no, another brilliant question. Then, then, oh, then sure you may forget it. Sorry, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really sorry. Oh, so, um, wait a second. I'll, I'll give you a cuddle later. I don't want to cuddle from you. <laughs> no. So then. I suppose the thing is going to these other races, you know, the races you've done, you know, we often talk about wheat fields and we're getting really trouble for that recently, but, you know, like these other races, you turned up and you knew you had a pretty good chance of at least getting a podium. Coming into this race, I mean, it's the first time of the year where we get all the top athletes on the yeah. same day. So does that, is, what's your approach to that and how do you kind of make sure you can mentally, you know, get through that? Yeah. Um, I, I think you need to have um, goals that are outside of the other competitors so that i mean you can't control what other people are going to do so Mm. um i mean and we've kind of set out i mean like a basic goal that's not relevant is more like just trying to get into the top 10 is more Mm. you know what what the goal is for this year but um but then other goals that aren't necessarily relying on them so just trying to make sure that i um you know have the best swim bike run combination um Especially the second half of the bike is going to be crucial. So what about um, the changes to your training since you've joined in with Brett? You know, has that been uh, really significantly different to what you've done in the past? And, and, and has that allowed you to stay injury-free more often? Um, yeah, it's, it's different. I think he's, he held me back a lot um, initially. And part of it is that I'm, I, I love to run and I probably shouldn't, but I try to run every day. And he's like, yeah. we're not running every day. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like... No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, little things that like I think were my like crutches, where he's kind of been like, we're gonna take away all these like mental crutches that you kind of yeah. rely. On. I think it's from my running background, but it was like you know, I want to run every single day, even yeah. when I was injured. I'd be out there like dragging my legs behind me. But um, yeah, I, I other than that though, it's it's fairly similar to what yeah. um, I've done in the past. I mean, I don't think there's anything magic, but. Um, like you're saying too, having having him on deck for months at a time and having a group mm. definitely helps. Um. Have, have you found working in a group? Like you know, as, as an athlete, it's going to be quite a lonely life. And I know in ITU world, it's probably a little bit better because you're seeing people more often because you race yeah. a little bit more. But in this world, you know, a lot of the pros don't really see the other pros a lot throughout yeah. the year. You know, and is that group environment really working for you? Um, I think it's great, and I think um, he's actually re- really good about um, pairing 
like having a sense of when you need to be in a competitive environment and when to have you go by yourself and when to send you with somebody that you're better than or somebody that's better than you. And, really? Um, so it's not hyper-competitive. Um, you're not with somebody at your ability every session um, going head-to-head. It's He kind of has a sense of keeping it competitive when it should be and non when it's not supposed to be. So it's almost like he knows what you need right now and can kind of put you in the right environment. What about socially around that, you know, because, you know, we we do lead these kind of very lonely kind of sports lives, you know, like it's, has it been quite nice to be socially around other athletes all the time? Yeah, um, it's a bit, it was a bit lonely um, at times, but I mean, uh, just, just being away from home, you know, um, but, and then I had um, a one room rental without a TV. Oh, really? Um, so I was listening to pot. You know, all yeah. it was listening to podcasts because <laughs> um, I think I had four channels, like three in French and one in German. Oh, no. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, but then also I'd go over. I mean, definitely get along with a lot of the English speaking teammates. I mean, we'll get along with everybody, but you tend to yeah, you spend you, more you, time. Yeah. yeah. So. I, suppose, I suppose one question I oh, you gonna question, I suppose one question I have is um, you know over the last few years Mick has alluded to the idea of you know getting other athletes to work to you know like a couple of years ago when we make, or last year when Mick won it you know they kind of really worked hard to get rid of Crowey because they knew that if it got down to the running with Crowey it was probably more likely that he'll win the race so that they were quite aggressive on the bike you know in the girls racing you know even within Team TBB are you guys is a bit of that stuff kind of happening that you know of or do you kind of go into you talk to some other girls and say you know Joyce you know if we've got any chance of getting rid of Christy we're going to have to be aggressive or yeah. you do a bit of that kind of stuff um, yeah I, I mean I think people are thinking um, it's just I don't know if there's necessarily a coordinated effort and the the issue is that it's um, it's beneficial for me to have somebody like Carolyn Stefan to try to stay with her on the bike but it's not necessarily beneficial for her so if mm. if, if i'm with her she probably she wants to drop me, you know so yeah. it's um and understanding that you know her strength is really being all around whereas for me i know she's a better biker than i am yeah. um so it's if i can try to stay with her i'm gonna try but um do, 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 like, you know you look at the male athletes and and they they're a bit more outspoken about how they play the game and stuff we like that some smackdown talk that's what bivens trying no, to no, go no, around no, i'm just more curious i'm supposed more curious and you know, as, as a female athlete, what kind of games do you think? Because you know, I'm sure there are psycholog- psychological games happening within the world of, or, or is there not? Like, is, yeah. is, is there a difference between the way a female will approach their field? Like, I was actually thinking last night, there will be a better place if the woman had dominantly. I know I'm getting careful philosophical. Where you go, careful. No, but if a woman had ruled the world forever, would there be so much war and stuff like that? You know, that yeah. kind of. And, and I'm interested to see that as a female athlete, as a pretty top female athlete, do you play games with other athletes in the yeah. mental side of things? Um. I mean, I think there there's always a little bit. Um, I was going to say, though, the one example of somebody who was really smart is um, Julie Dibbins. The first year I raced Clearwater in 08, um, she, didn't dro- she didn't drop us on the bike. So off the bike with her was, because um, there were also some sl- a slow pro men in the group, but it was her, um, Becky Lavelle, Joanna Zeiger, and myself. And she learned from that, and the next year, she she didn't she went all out in the swim and took off like the first 5k of the bike and put the hammer down so that she didn't have anybody with her which i mean that and that's an example i think too of a woman you know analyzing what what maybe went wrong one year and then Mm. completely changing her strategy but um as far as smack talk i think women (laughs) aren't, aren't really 
I mean, there should be more. <laughs> there should be more. Okay, here we go. You start okay. it. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, we're going to be going to seeing a few more of the TBB team TBB athletes How this week. Years has it been, mate? How many years? <laughs> No, we look forward to... I suppose, lastly, you know, have you, you know, even as you're growing up as an ITU athlete, Ironman World Champs is obviously on everyone's radar. Is this kind of a special moment in your career? Um, yeah, I mean, Ironman's, Ironman's always going to be pretty cool, especially Hawaii, um, but if I had to choose, Olympic I would take gold Olympic medal. gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and if I could have that in like the marathon or the 10K, don't, don't I'd take that to before <laughs> the triathlon, nice. but i take the triathlon too. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Well, we're, we're good luck. Kick Thanks. some butt. We'll be out there screaming for you. We will be. You'll hear us before you see us. You hear Bevan before you see us. I think I said that in an email somewhere to somebody. So, awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. And I suppose if anyone wants to be in contact with you, you've got a website? Um, yeah, you can just go on to the Team TBB website and... Um, Put an update yeah, up. And, yeah, yeah, and I'm, I do all the content there. So if oh, you really? don't like anything... Oh, this is a good job. Let to, her yeah. know. No, yeah. no, you should say if you love anything, let me yeah, know. I'm doing yeah. well. Or if, yes. you, if you want any, any new features or anything, yeah. You guys have got a pretty sharp website too, haven't you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it can always be improved. I mean, you know, there's there's lots to do on the web. I think it's definitely growing. So. Is that a nice project for you to do outside of training? Yeah, I just started, um, and it was it's it's been great. I, I need some Sanity, other stuff to yeah. do because otherwise I just start thinking about all the training, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's great. Awesome. I know you're going for your run out in the uh, out to the energy lab. So have, you have fun out to the there. Energy lab now. Uh, no, but no? Uh, <laughs> maybe I should. I, I love the way you knew that. I know that you're going for your run. No, I'm not. not. Okay. Are you going for a run? Maybe. Um, I might actually go run 42.2 k's right now. Nice. Yeah. All out. Yeah. yeah just nice. Give us old eight. See smack talk. Smack talk. Run 52. Run <laughs> 52. Nice. Do one eight. Hey, thanks for coming. Awesome. Show, Thank you. And it's great to see you, listeners as well. So uh, good luck in your race, and we'll be cheering you on race day. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Awesome. So, so John, we can't claim it, can't we? We can. If it be for us, she'd yeah, be she'll listen to our show. Injured. We're sitting in an office, probably doing an office job. So yeah, we'll take give it on. on. It's, it's two from today. We'd, uh, Who else did we change? Ed. Oh, yeah, we did too. Met Ed, Ed Hawkins Ed and Sarah Ed Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah, we met them on the street. They yeah, went and changed jobs, moved over to Abu Dhabi. One thing we need to do, John Bo, is because we've got these awesome Audio Technica mics and we've got the little portable kind of put in your iPhone. I tell you what, if you, if you do want to sound, I know the iPhone has the little kind of sound recorder in there, but if you want good quality, they've got these awesome little things you plug into your iPhone and it's great. But anyway, if you see us, if you see us over the next few days, I've always got my microphone with me. And today, when we met a few of the listeners, like we met in Hearsley, mm-hmm. Matt Petrofessor, we met quite a few people just from around town. Um, we didn't really pull out the mic, so just tell us, Bev, pull out the mic, and we'll, yeah. we'll interview as we're out and about. So next up on the and show, we're, we're, one thing I will say, we're on a schedule. I've got to keep us on a you schedule. You know what, John is all day. I've been <laughs> Bevan. We're on a schedule because I'm a really so, yeah. social character. So I see someone and I go, hi Bevan. I'm like, oh hey man, and I want to I want to spend 20 minutes talking to them. We're on a schedule. John gives me three minutes. Yeah, you know, it's like, and he's talking. Hey, get involved with the conversation a little bit, but then what do you do, John? We're on a schedule, Bevan. He, and that's what he here. says. He goes, oh guys, got to be rude. On a schedule, we've got to go. Yeah. And then I just say, oh, sorry, mm. this guy's rude. Got to go. <laughs> Such is life. So next up, we've got Maker on a show, and, and he shows a bit of insight into what's happening in his I2U world, and then also about what he thinks happening with Kona. He talks a little bit about the new specialised bike, which sounds pretty fascinating, doesn't it? Does. It does. We'll see yeah. what it looks like. So uh, here's Mecca and rock and roll. We've got Mecca on the show right now, and uh, do you want to do an intro to him? Last year's well, champion. It's, it's probably the first time ever in the race that we've had a champion. Well, Mac is the, the, the almanac of these things. He can probably tell us if... Oh, well, no, Allen. no, no. Mark You've got Mark Allen. Allen. He retired Allen. on top. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I suppose... Who hasn't retired? 
No, but Mark Allen walked in uh, in '94 and then came back in '95. Ah, uh, okay. And he won his sixth title '95. Yeah. But one thing we were talking about just before, you know, you say how you can do some training and we will kind of have a bit of a laugh about how we sort out this interview in the last minute. And and one thing that surprises, well, I find is really amazing with you is that you are so accessible to pretty much everyone in the media. How do you manage that? You get used to it. Like you do? we're not we're not okay in Kona. Oh, just always talking to the mic. Oh, in Kona and around. <laughs> uh, you know, around these events, it's you know, it's not that difficult. Where and most of the guys, you guys are friends. You know, you get to yeah. know the media. They've been the same people around the sport for a long time, so they're, they're more friend. You know, more yeah. friends with these guys than anything else. So it's it's easy. You know, you give me a call. Yeah, let's let's get together. It's yeah, not that like difficult. like for listeners out there, like we pretty much rang. I know you'd email me a little bit. We pretty much rang you today. Can you make an interview? Oh, you yeah, I can do then. Well, we can't do then. Can you do then? Yeah, I can do it. You know, you you are really accessible. I think it's pretty awesome. And do you find that other people though that stresses them a lot? I mean, I, I'm sure it does when they they've got all these media obligations during the week and they just just. Well, I'm not happy. racing so, this year, so yeah, it's no, a lot easier. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Even so. last year, last time we were here, yeah, you, yeah. You, know, you opened the door and you let us in. And yeah, I tend to. I think everyone has their system. You know, I like to. I sort of go a media blackout from Thursday. That's it. You've yep, got me yep. till Thursday. Sponsors, media, and then it's my zone, my time. But that's part and parcel of of being a pro in this sport. You know, it's a it's a niche sport. You've got to look after the people who support you, and you guys help us do that and help us promote the sponsors who we work with. So it's a synergy all the way around. You can't be too closed off. And I think the athletes who are that way tend to suffer on the other end of the spectrum in the sense with the, with the contract sizes and those sort of things. So I think it's a synergy and you need to learn how to balance that. It comes with time and, and you know, you see the younger guys who, who are learning that as they go. It, it's, it's a balance. It's easy to do if you uh, don't let it stress you. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? Well, it's Ironman week this week. We'll get to that in a minute. But we've got to do a bit of ITU talk <laughs> we, first. We know we'll be talking about oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It's... Uh, I've been following your, your ITU stuff this season. and well, I, 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 I had to go to the second page though, to see yeah. my result. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but my, my initial, when, when people were asking, how's Mackie going to do it? I was always saying, well, he can run with those guys, not the top guys, but as you've said in other interviews, you can, you can run there or thereabouts with a lot of the guys. You can bike really well. But for me, it was always going to be about the swim, whether yeah. you can make the packs. And when I first saw the first few results, you were, you were well off. Um, but you seem to get closer and closer and towards the end you're sort of making the, making the packs I mean where is your, your swim at um, and you, you got much more in the tank to get into that mid, oh. mid, middle of the pack it's a different level than it was a decade ago to start yeah. with it's it's you know coming back and, and, and seeing what these kids are doing is it's remarkable you know really? you've got rushing guys from 152 for 200 free like mm. I need to realise that I'm never, I, couldn't, I wasn't there when I was 24, and I'm not going to get there when I'm 38. What I have to make sure I do do is, is get closer to that front pack and put myself within, a, within half a chance to get across to it. It's a, it's a difficult process. I think there's a lot more improvement to come. It's like trying to change the beast you are doesn't happen in 10 weeks. Yeah. You know, I've been doing Ironman for a decade. I've got to learn to produce lactate a little bit better. I need to get faster in the swim. and uh, I achieved what we set out to achieve this year with the ITU, which was accumulating those points to make me eligible to qualify for the Australian team by being able to start in Sydney our trials race. So I've done that and uh, now I have this train summer to try and What have you shifted faster. with training? You know, like, you know, you've gone from Ironman, it's long, it's, you know, pretty kind of one pace kind of racing, well, not, not necessarily at your level, but, you know, it's, it's not ITU racing. How has your training shifted? Well, when you've done a decade of Ironman swimming, you yeah. know, which is 15 kilometres a week, you know, mm. you, you can't improve your swim in 12 weeks. I did an Ironman in June in, in, in yep. Challenge Cairns, and then two weeks later they had me on the starting line in Kitzbühel, not... That wasn't my choice. That oh, was wasn't some... it your... we Oh, not at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a week in, uh, yeah. in New York promoting my book and then flew into Kitzbühel, my first yeah. you know, world, champ- world Cup race for a decade, and I've got Ironman in my legs. I got absolutely slaughtered. But uh, 
you know, it's been a process, you know, and I've, I've had to learn to produce lactate again, learn to fire and, and get those little things, the biomechanical things that you can sort of let go a little bit in, in Ironman racing where it's all about being a, a solid diesel. I've had to get more fast, you know, really, produce lactate. And is it just more intense swimming? Much more intensive swimming, much more intensive running, really let go of the bike riding. You've, you have to, really? to let go of that volume. And, and I just really fitted in with the Australian system. I said, you know what, I'm going to come in. I want to work with the guys who have been doing this for a long time. Brad Carter felt was a, a big help. I became his main training partner and, uh, and just watched what he was doing. And, uh, mate, they train very, very hard. It's much more intensive, so much more um, stuff close to threshold, even above threshold. Really? And, and that's why they're breaking. I got my first injury this year. I tore a, a hamstring in a track session. I had to go away and, and, and sort that out. It's, it's tough, you know, it's mm. tough racing. Um, so I noticed you progressed really well, and I can't remember which race you had. A, you had a really good run. I think you ran thirty-one twenty or something like that. Was that in uh, Hamburg? I Hamburg? ran thirty, but I got a fifteen-second penalty. Yeah, no, I remember seeing that penalty. Thirty-one oh five. So what was the penalty for? For not dropping my oh, swim right. cap yeah, in a yeah, box. Yeah. Like that's been quite difficult. Learning all the new rules when you get when you create habits oh, after yeah. a decade of getting out of the swim, throwing your goggles, and and uh, you've got to fix those habits that you you don't realise you have until. And fifteen I mean, seconds an ITU is massive, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know it. Just you know, I had the the, the, the management team of TA going. You need to stop at the next. You get DQ'd. You'll get DQ'd, and so it was. It was interesting, and you know, the run. These guys are far, like twenty nine minute boys, and I, I think there's probably. I'm getting close to that run. You know, maybe I have got twenty or thirty seconds in there, but I'm not going to get down near near that Brownlee time. So I need to look at other ways of of trying to maximise my. Or get closer to the to the front of that pack, and I think for me it's 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 going to be about the bike and uh, rectifying that swim as much as I can. So oh. uh, with um, Yokohama, um, I watched a big, fairly big chunk of that race. I didn't quite watch it all. I didn't see where you came out of the swim, but you did seem to sit on the front quite a bit, doing doing yeah. work on the on the bike on the front. How are you finding? Because I know when you first came in, you were talking up the tactics and stuff. Do you think it's gonna? Is it still realistic to get away on on a course like say a London or something, which is which is pretty flat? Well, Alistair got away in London this year, and yeah. uh, you know Yokohama. I was on the front chasing those specialised bike preems. To be honest with you, nice. yeah. oh, I wonder what happened because so, I kind of bang bang the race. bang getting preems, getting preems. I figured that it's a race that our federation has said go and have a holiday. We're all on holidays. The Australians really. Beijing was the key race, and so we all went to Yokohama. And I thought, well, there's. What nine laps here with seven hundred and fifty bucks a lap mm. for preems? I haven't made a cent out of this all year. I may as well <laughs> try and make some money. So every lap, I just got. Oh, in a I bunch was really of curious because I was watching that race and I couldn't yeah. understand because you, you pulled the pack up, you did really well to get there, and then mm. you went to the front. And I, and I was kind of like, why are you at the front? Why are you saving yeah, stuff for the run? And it's no, those really... bike preems, and then it was oh, so really? hot. It was like thirty-five degrees, and yeah. uh, I paid for it on the run. But it was yeah, it was more of a holiday okay. race for the Aussies, and uh, it was just a good could kick back and I tell you what I party with a few of the Kiwi guys and the English <laughs> after the race it was a, a very enjoyable trip mm. are you enjoying it I love it it's really vitalized me and uh, revitalized me and I just enjoying being around young kids who are aspiring to do something you know when you've, you you, know, you remember being that kid you remember having those dreams and ambitions you remember wanting to put a career in front of you and uh, you know to see that and be around it and, and, sh- and see their energy and see their raw racing it's inspiring for you know, I, I, I love it. How, how do you, you know, I remember one time years ago we were talking and you were talking about how when Molina came around, he was kind of past it when you first came yeah, in, yeah. you know, and you kind of didn't have as much respect for him because he was a little bit past yeah, it. Yeah. Was, how do you think those guys are seeing you? Probably the same. Yeah, how know? do you handle that? <laughs> well, I, when I made the decision to go across, I was content with where I was. Okay. And, uh, and, I, and I said to 
to my wife and to everyone after Kona last year, you know what? I, I wouldn't mind going to the Olympics. And uh, I'm going to get my butt kicked. I'm, I'm realist about it, but I think there's an opportunity for me to go and to take my kids to a game would be wonderful. And, and just I've always felt when I've come in this year, and, and I'm sure the guys, Javier, and, and, and I've always been very, very respectful of, of my place in the... I, I'm not there pushing my... Well, back in my day, we were a lot quicker. You know, back <laughs> yeah. in my day, we were. I've really tried to say, hey, you know, thanks for bringing me along, guys. Thanks for inviting me back. And uh, I hope I can beat as many of you as I can. And if I can't, I shouldn't because I'm 38. But, geez, it's great to be here. And, and uh, it's, I've, I've really, really enjoyed that. You know, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's tough, you know. You cross the line, you're, you're dead. You know, back in the day, you were running. You know, if you weren't in the top 15, you shut it down and you cruised to... To 15th or 16th place. Now you're running your butt off to get 35th. You yeah. know, the, it's it's a the depth is amazing, and the and the depth across multiple nations now is is amazing. Are you finding you know you you're, you've you really expose yourself as a real lover of triathlon, and, yeah. and you love the history and everything around it. Are the kids coming through having that same kind of passion for triathlon? Well, I think I've won. When I first arrived in camp and, and, and amongst the other nations, I think there was a little bit of a oh, here we go. Yeah, here's this guy, and I think I've more than certainly won them over in the sense that I haven't marched in and, and pushed my yep. myself to the front. You know, I, would, I refused to go to the press conferences because it wasn't about me, it was mm. about them. And until I had done something of note, then I'm not going to sit at press conferences. And I think they respected that. And, yep. uh, you know, and a lot of the guys seem now more open. You know, I've had, especially the young guys in the Australian team, they've asked me, what was it like back in the... Great. You know what was it like for them back to miss then? Out on that, eh? Yeah, and yeah. they and and Jan Fredino, for example, he only knew me as an Ironman guy. He started triathlon in two thousand and one, yeah. And I started triathlon and Ironman in two thousand and two. He's like, oh, I'd heard about you and knew you'd done that. And you know, you're meeting kids who are eighteen years of age. Yeah. You know, they don't. They yeah, don't and they don't realise so. that twenty years are going to be you. You know, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, one of the girls in in camp, Emma Jackson. I, you know, her her mother is. One year older than I am. Yeah. So you're like, really? <laughs> it's scary. You know, you, you start to think, oh, geez, you're so young, and they don't like your music, do they? Yeah. No, they're talking about, oh, 2007. You know, a few years ago, 2007, I did. The, you're like, that was yesterday, wasn't yeah. it? You know, like, but she, it's, can, uh, she can run. Oh, she's very good. Very, very. Who do you have the most respect for? Then? Can I, well, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm in stuff. One more question. Oh, okay. Okay. Out there right now, I know Brownleys, but who do you respect most? Who's out there right now, and not you? Oh, the Brownleys are. Uh, off the charts in everything really? they do they're just the way they hold themselves the way they conduct themselves the way they race um, they're, they're inspiring inspiring guys to watch I think uh, you know I, I really like how Brad Carterfield's gone about his business he's a quiet achiever hard hard worker I have a lot of respect for him um, and my, my new favourite athlete is Sven Rieder of the Swiss he just <laughs> he just suffers like you wouldn't really? believe I, I spent an athlete day oh he's the great I trained with them a lot in Switzerland after I left the Aussie camp went with the Swiss boys and just to be around that and see how hard that guy can push himself he's really? off the charts really? yeah he's uh, he's he's a guy I really look up to a lot wow. in style of racing so it's Ironman oh, Iron Iron Man Week this week Ironman Week four days out are we yeah, four yeah. days First question for me is, um, how much of an impact do you think the, the reduced field is going to have? So 50 guys on the line, I mean 30 girls, 50 guys. Do you think that's going to have much of an impact um, on, on the outcome of the race? Um, you know, I've thought about that all year. I think, you know, you try and you know, looked at who's usually up the front of these races. I think, if anything, most of the deadwoods, if that's the point, yeah, yeah. deadwoods yeah. been taken out of the game and, and some of the guys who, are, who might have missed qualification have... have have decided not to come but I think not a lot to be mm. honest with you I think it's for uh, the girls race maybe for the girls race maybe but for the boys 
you got all the main players here. Everyone's it's the same, and uh, they're all going to be very, very. It's going to be very, very competitive. Do you think that pack though on the bike might be a touch smaller? You know, coming out of the swim, I don't know. I just see potentially the swim could yeah, potentially split, yeah. split a little bit. I think there's a, there's a definitely a big push after speaking. It's been quite funny now. I'm not racing. I get all these phone Inside. calls this week. I'm having little meetings with a lot of the athletes, <laughs> and and you're sort of getting an idea of what people are thinking going into the race. And there's definitely a uh, a concerted little group who are keen to really, really be aggressive for mm. four kilometres, for 3.8 kilometres of this swim, not for a mile and then settling mm. in. They're gonna, they see an opportunity in the swim. They're looking mm. at the smaller, smaller start numbers and thought, yeah. you know what, if we can get five or six of us away here, you've got Andy Bookera, you've mm. got. Uh, You've got Andy Potts, of course. You've got Marco Albert, who can swim. You've got Rasmus Henning, who said he's looking at swim. You've got Pete Jacobs, who's looking. You know, you've got five or six guys who are two minutes better mm. in the water than than the others. Mm. And and if they're committed, that's a that's a solid group moving mm. out of town. And uh, yeah, I think the breaks could definitely happen after swim. We'll see. Could, could it almost be game over? For, like if, if that uh, happens, potentially, if they can work together. Potentially, well, they have to. You know, I think you need to communicate that with each other pre-race. You know, you need yeah. to start talking to him you, you know you've got a lot of lot of artillery back in the chase bunch you've got yeah, Leader, yeah. you've got Crowe you've got you've got Faris or Sultan you've got you know Andreas Raylert Marina Voanak and then you've got a sub a group behind that in, in Mickey Vice Ronnie you've got you know there's, mm. there's, there's so many potential little groups that can mm. scoop people up that that front group if they are committed to a tough hard swim then they need to be committed to a tough hard bike as well and they need to be committed together and you know, in a perfect world, you'd, you'd hope that someone like Liedo would uh, would jump across to you mm. and uh, not bring many people with them, yeah. and then be prepared to help that group put some more distance into the group behind before leaving that group. If but, that group did come out, who you'd see winning it? Jeez, I, I, I think if Liedo really wants to have a crack at winning this, and he needs this year, he, he needs this year, and he needs that would be a great scenario, great scenario for him to to, mm. to to look at doing it that way. But geez, I think. Even with with that going on, I think you know you're hard pressed to to look past the guys who've always been successful here. Crowey is he showed four weeks ago. Yeah, he knows right. how to he knows how to get his preparation right for this race. He knows October's what matters, and and uh, he's ready. And you know Andreas, I watched an interview with him today. He looks skinny, lean, quietly confident. He's at a third a second. He's ready. Everyone's ready. Um, picking winners is yeah, far out so true. tough. It depends how the game plays out. But if guys, the guys I've spoken to, I'm like, if you honestly believe you can win this and this ain't bravado, then you better prepared to, to take a big chance. And if your chance is being aggressive in the swim, don't second guess that. You know, you're committed. If, if you were going into the race this weekend, what would your strategy be? I'd, I'd mark Crowey early. Um, I wouldn't play the same card that was played last year. Craig Alexander's a smart guy, and, yeah, and he's going to yeah, he's going to he's going to fix that problem up. He's a lot stronger on the bike this year. He looks a little thicker. He looks a, a little bigger than years past. So he's done that work. I, I think your best bet would have been if if I was, I'd be looking at the, at the swim. I'd be aggressive early, put those guys on the back foot as much as I possibly could early in the race, and 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 see how that plays out. And then if it doesn't play out by the time you get back to Kauai High. I'd play the running card, you know, and, and go, OK. And, and hopefully that, that ridiculously tough tempo for 120 kilometres has hurt everybody. And then in, in my style of racing, having a, having a war, that kind of war where we're all destroyed, works better than a, than a finesse race where it comes down to pure speed because Craig and, and Andreas, I think, are purely better runners than I am. Yeah. 
What about this year, the whole process with the, the KPR and the, the having to do all the qualification? Um, do you think it's, it's worked well? Do you like the style of it, or did you sort of prefer the old system? Well, I know what they're trying to, trying to do, and I guess change is always difficult. Mm. Um, first year in, people always complain, but I, I've, it, it's a difficult process. You know, you've got to wean out people. You've got to have 50. Well, I think that the, the, the point structure is a little skewed it's a little off I think uh, there could have been better ways of doing it but they're, they're trying to make a make a system and, and, and move forward and I think that's they're headed in the right direction whether what they've put together is the is the right thing I haven't really given it much thought because I'm one of the lucky ones that has won the race and only needs to ratify their position with yeah. with uh, with an Ironman so I haven't studied as hard as other guys but it seems that a lot of the guys have raced a lot this year um, how that will pan out um, and how that'll affect them here, we'll see on, on Saturday. But I think the guys who've raced less, have had that opportunity to race less, I think will always do better in Kona. It, it bamboozles me a bit. You know, you went and did uh, Challenge Kens, and there was fifty thousand euros for the win, was it? No, twenty five. Twenty five. But it was, yeah. it was 100, maybe hundred thousand euro yeah. total prize pool. Twenty five for the win. Twenty five yeah, for the win. And, yeah. and I was like looking at that prize money, and I was going, "There's not better prize money hardly anywhere in the world, and nobody's rocking up." I mean, what the hell are pros thinking? I, oh, I don't know, mate. You remember the nineties when they did yeah. this for the ITU? It's the same thing, and now I'm I'm back in that system, meeting the young kids who uh, who talk points, not dollars. You know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and maybe that's the direction that I'm in may ultimately go, where people are more focused on getting points to qualify for Kona or qualify for these major regional races than they are about filling their bank accounts and being true pros. Mm. Well, you know, you're coming along this week, it's, uh, it's, it's going to week, and yeah, yeah. you know, you've spent the last 10 years of your life kind of coming here, and you've had some awesome experiences around it, some not-so-awesome experiences. What's it like to come, still being an athlete and not racing? I thought it would be easy all year. Really? All year I said, ah, man, I'm glad I'm not going back till I landed here in Kona, and you, and, you, and you get back into that energy, and I... Mm. I was up at the Sheraton, and I saw Crowley, and you see, yeah. oh, man, I'd love to... Yeah, because you're a competitor, aren't you? You're a competitor. Yeah. And, uh, and I had an interesting conversation earlier in the year with a friend, Robbie McEwen, who had done, you know, 13, 14 Tour de France's, and it was the first year he'd sat on the... He said, you know when you're going to really miss it, mate? You're really going to miss it when the race is on, because no matter what happens... No matter what you see, you're going to think you could have been there. Yeah. You know, and he said just... Especially because you're still... You can yeah, be he said, yeah. trust me, man, just try and take a step back and, and, uh, and enjoy the whole day and, and don't get caught up in that... Let that competitiveness drop and enjoy the athletic performances of those guys, your peers. And uh, I said, you know what, mate, you're right. And, uh, but, yeah, it's been funny. Definitely landing here and, and uh, yeah, you're still racing and you think, ah, oh, maybe you should have done one more year. And, yeah. But, just let it go. It's even funny, just like, it's a part of the poster that they're giving out in the media conference. I've got, you know, Marinda and, and you yes. on the poster last year's winners, and you're kind of just like, wow, I'm imagining if I was Mecca right now. Well, a lot, of, yeah. a lot of people were talking when I got here, they thought it was my mind game for the year. That was the oh, whole really? talk amongst everyone. He's starting, that's his typical Mecca blame, mind yeah. games with everyone. He's going to come out on race day. And I'm like, you mate, if you I'm out, been doing? the start list has been announced. Like, I, <laughs> I haven't done an Ironman. You guys know, like, there's no secret backdoor ways in. Like, well, why did you do Kins? I just thought it was a great opportunity to race at home. Okay. Um, you know, I, I know Garth, the race director, and That's I've raced Roth for many, many years. And, and uh, you know, I just thought I wanted to stay home a little more, even though this year I felt like I was away longer than any time I've ever been away doing this ITU stuff. But I just thought I could stay home until June. I got an Ironman, hit out in, and, and this Olympic dream sort of came when I'd already negotiated. I was negotiating with Frankfurt, and I was negotiating with I with Felix, with, yeah. with Felix and... Uh, 
I'd signed off on these things and uh, then this Olympic opportunity came about and I sort of had to change when things were and you can't and you know I wanted the contracts I'd committed I told Cairns that I will be there for the next three years and with that um, just back to Cairns with how do they sort of feel as race directors when they, they go out on a limb and, and put a big chunk of money out there and you know I don't know how many was there 10 pros there yeah, if, if yeah. That. they had well Cam Cam got injured and yeah. Pete ended up injured and, and they were the, sort of the main guys they were looking at and they yeah I, I know I'd be disappointed and sometimes yeah. I scratch my head myself going are you guys allergic to making an income like yeah. I it's uh, it's definitely different I don't know I know back in the day when, when we were racing in France and, yeah. and there was me and Crow and we were in our 20s, we wanted to fill our bank accounts up as much as possible because we had our parents back home telling mm-hmm. us, are you sure you're doing the right get thing? Get back to the bank. Get back to work, <laughs> you know, are you sure you're doing the right thing? And, uh, you know, whether the, the demographics change and these kids don't need to make money because they've got wealthy parents, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, things have changed. And I, I, I think that's their first year at Cairns. They did a phenomenal job. The TV package was great. I know that the city was was very, very happy with it. I know that the, the government was very, very happy with it. They're looking at growing it even bigger. And um, maybe they're hoping that with time, the event will, will grow stronger. Um, one other one I've got for, for Ironman racing is you, you mentioned before about chasing those um, specialised preems in, in the World Cup, uh, World Champ Series race. Do you think that could have an impact at Ironman if they made them attractive enough because I know they've got the Timex Supreme at the, yeah, yeah. Believe it, and the same guy sort of who comes out of the swim gets a bike one but if they did it every I don't know 20, 30k on the bike do you think that and, and put up something decent you know put a few, few grand up there for, for people to give, a, give it a nudge after do you oh, think that would change Leado, Leado would make some money then, yeah. wouldn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much. I, I think that the title is still so valuable and as you, we just spoke before about people not worrying mm. about about the money people want this title this title is mm. is it in triathlon and and uh how about was it like i'm not gonna ask, ask the specific money terms but you know you chased it for like six years before you got it then you got it how much did that enhance your future life you know monetary wise no no don't have to give me a figure but is it really amazingly valuable? it's it's given you a bigger value it, it takes you out of the sport in that sense really? yeah it gives you a, a value before you've won Kona, you can make good money from your in-house sport supporting yep. sponsors but the Kona title gives you a, a leverage to to market yourself and and to to be valuable to companies who have nothing to do with triathlon whether that be corporate talks and who would be willing to pay a lot more for that who are willing to pay for that yeah. that you won't have the opportunity to do if you don't win a Kona title you yeah. your corporate talks you did what you won what yeah. Chicago what's that I'm the Hawaiian Ironman champion bang yeah. it gets you indoors straight yeah. away it change that's where you know your bigger income earning capacity can will come out of corporate yeah. out of corporates um, we've got to obviously just talk briefly about the girls side of things. Um, obviously, if, if everything goes to plan, Chris, Chris will probably go out there and, and crush everybody. I think everybody would be a bit mad to say if she, any other scenario. But the rest of the girls, do you think Marinda's clear second favourite? Um, oh, 100%. Well, yeah. let's talk that Chrissy crashed. Well, she did crash. Yeah. We, no one's quite sure unless you've seen her how, how bad that was. Oh, there were um, some photos. It didn't oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I just heard she'd crash. And I think Marinda's light years in front of the third ranked girls but you know this is Kona you know like I you know we we look at other races around the world and you say well this is the form guide and you can only go into form guide but man amazingly gifted athletes have crumbled on this uh Mm -hmm. on this course and this isn't a foregone conclusion for Chrissy Wellington she had issues last year she has to come back with a lot more pressure and Mm -hmm. and I don't think Marinda's just going to lay down I I'm with you though I don't know if I was in their shoes how you would attack an athlete like Chrissy Wellington, mm. who's just off the charts, and uh, but 
you know, and you just keep pushing forward, and, and that that applies for the girls behind Marinda. You yeah. know, I I think uh, you've got to hope that you've if you're coming here and you've got to you've got to believe you're a you're a, you're a contender, otherwise. I was very impressed with her race at the at High V. It was incredible. Yeah. It was yeah, absolutely was incredible. Yeah. She ran so fast, yeah. like so so fast, and she rode a lot stronger than I uh, than she has in years past. Here, I thought, well, just she looked like a, a much stronger bike rider, and uh, it was a very very impressive performance. We need some smackdown talk. Um, oh, do you want some smackdown? Well, we need to, we need some we want some smackdown talk from the girl from from the. Oh, we're the trying athlete. to get we're we had Mary Beth on before. We're trying to get a smackdown. It wasn't happening. No. Um, I suppose like the, uh, my last question, although I probably think of another one because I always do that. But um, my last question is like, okay, so you you know, dream dream case scenario, you do you do the Olympics. Yep. Do you see yourself after the Olympics coming back to Ironman, or oh. is that retirement, or no? I. You know, my main focus now is obviously getting there. But dream case scenario, I get the tracks that I take my family to Olympic Games. I fulfil a promise I gave to my mother that I'd go. I, yeah, maybe you wait till the closing ceremony and you assess what you want from your life. But this Ironman stuff gets in your blood. It's been in my blood since I was a kid. And coming back here this year, you miss it. Do I come back and race in Kona as a pro again? I don't know. Do I race Ironmans around the world? 100%. Do I race as an age grouper one day? One hundred percent. I'll be doing triathlon forever. I like the challenge of it. Yeah. it it's it's what I enjoy doing. Um, but yeah, I'll see on. Uh, you know me. I watch Saturday's race. Someone's going to win, and I'll probably say something stupid. And, and <laughs> no, it's, uh, never. And it's game on again, and I'll see you next year. But uh, I, don't, I don't. Honestly, my focus now is yeah. is I just have my son Flynn, and and um, he's going home, being with the kids, being with the family focus on the Olympic trials and assess in April but if there's no Olympics I'm straight back to Ironman racing yeah, so, I'm going to have to uh, strategically plan my age group racing for years forward because oh, you're, yeah. you're in my age yeah, group now, in a couple of years time you're screwed, you'll be mate, out you're again come up now retire hey, the age group is, is getting harder than the pros the depth's amazing it's uh, no, I, I suppose from our audience you know we always love having you on the show but you know big respect for the choices you've made you know like it, it, to stay on the path you're on but it's an easy decision and to chase a dream that was really important to you to know that what your decision you made is, is a decision that a lot of people would want to do but not actually take and I think I've always done that my whole career and I've been so misunderstood because of it and, mm. I, and I've tried to say it in interviews and I think people have always said oh man this guy's just a marketing tool he likes to be the loudest guy and make a lot of noise and I think but I've always been driven by the challenge what I wanted to do as a kid like it never changed never ever changed and and yeah, like I never saw the opportunity of going to the Olympics. I'd really put that to sleep. But once that opportunity presented, I knew how enormous the challenge was. I didn't have to read it on the chat sites and how much of a goose I was and who did I think I was. And I, I know what I'm, I'm biting off. I do the sport. I'm, yeah. at the, I'm on the cold face of it. But what person would not take that opportunity if they were presented with it? If you have the opportunity, the last time in my life to ever qualify for an Olympic Games and there is a small glimmer of hope that I can do it, of course I'm going to take it. And if I make it, I do. It's fantastic. I've achieved it. And if I don't, I'm in no worse spot than I was before I started the journey. And, mm-hmm. and the Olympics was something that I've... that I lost. Lost is the wrong word, but I turned my back on that to, to win this Ironman world title. Um, I thought in a perfect world I was going to win 2002 Ironman away and be back in time for Athens. doesn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it could be London, which would be absolutely incredible. 
So after this, you're off to a specialised launch. Um, yeah. Tell us about the, the new, yeah, the new, plug, mate, the, the new deal oh, with, with the new bikes and stuff. Yeah, they've got a bladder in them, have they? Yeah, it's got a fuel silage. A fuel silage. Fuel silage. Oh, yeah, yeah, not a bladder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> internal drinking. So that sort of came about last year, I think. Uh, you know, Specialised have been really proactive in triathlon. They're the first bike company that have said, okay, we're in. You know, they've gone all, ITU all the way across to Ironman. You know, in years past, they had one or two key athletes, and they sort of put. But now they're 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 in. And uh, you know, last year the success of the of us in Kona and Mike Senior sat up the owner of the company and said, you know what, I like this sport. And uh, he dragged us all in and said, well, how can we make a triathlon specific bike? Really, the first one. No other company's done it. And most triathletes, you've seen the photos, had had taken these time trial bikes that the guys use in the Tour de France and. And attached, you know, bento boxes and, and, and you know, hydration systems all over it. And, and it really corrupted the, the aerodynamics of those bikes. So we sat down and said, well, really a perfect triathlon bike should be able to, should be able to carry water without affecting the aerodynamics. It should be able to be much more adjustable. We can't slam ourselves as low as these as Fabian Cancellara. So give us more adjustability. Some want to be down, some want to be... And the shiv doesn't allow you to do that. And we need to be able to carry nutrition and tools and and they went away with their engineering team and they designed the the new ship and uh, awesome yeah it's 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 the first time i've seen the pictures of it i remember seeing Have pictures going no i haven't oh, written okay, it sorry. um crowey's on one this yep. weekend and and uh you know rasmus is on one i know ben hoffman's on one and from what i've been told by those guys they they like it a lot it's totally uci illegal so it's the most aerodynamic as UCI illegal, illegal. Did you say absolutely <laughs> illegal, and so they've 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 basically said, okay, let's build the fastest machine. We don't need to follow any rules, and they have, and it's it's pretty unique looking bike, massive massive adjustability. So it's 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 a great consumer bike, and uh, you know I've got a friend here, Nick Gates, who's the director sportive of Saxo Bank, a real tech geek when it comes to this. He's yeah. you know obviously he's working with Reese and. Uh, who's a real, real, real tech geek, and he was at the launch of it yesterday, and he said, I'll tell you what, mate, that's a quick bike, man. Like, really? yeah, he said, that is, if, because if, if I was riding here, and he said, it's funny coming out of UCI, where we have all these rules, he said, that thing is quick. And, uh, it's, one it's one nice. thing um, that you had a question on was, was, oh, was, 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 was you know, just, yeah. just around the, the hydration system, does, it, does yeah, the fluids get hot. get hot in there, or how do, they, how do you get the fluids in there? And, it's and, quite, it's, it's an easy... You've got a little cap thing on it, and that's more for refueling. It carries 750 mils. Right. Um, it's a bladder. They showed the whole system. At the, you'll see it tonight yeah. if you come down and watch me talk. Be yeah, the yeah. only two people down there. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, you love those? Eh? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hi. Legend of the sport. <laughs> yeah. Mecca. Oh, hi, mum. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he um, apparently, no, it, it, from what I've been told, it works. I, I, I asked a few questions when I saw the design on the straw that comes out of there. I said, what yeah. are you, you know, have to yeah. suck a few times for the, for, yeah. the, for it to come up. They said, no, they've got a, a, it, it works on some system where the water, it's right there at it's all times. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know about the heat. I don't yeah. know if it's any different than a, uh, than a normal bidden. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it looks pretty funky. I, I remember first looking at it when I saw it in the flesh. I was like, wow, that's uh, it's a funky looking machine, but it's, it's Even you need a new bike, don't you? Yeah, actually, hook a brother up. Mate, get up. <laughs> my bike fell off the back of the car and snapped in half. Really? Oh, I broke my heart. Oh, so, really? yeah. on the so I'm on bike. a mountain bike. Oh. Oh, slow gears. Mate, you, what you should do is, they've got so many of them here for everyone to try. You should ride one. Just steal one. 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> you should ride one for, for race day, so I'm covering it, and you forget to give it back. Exactly. Okay, mate, yeah. yeah. Awesome, and you're doing a bit of the NBC coverage over here as well. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, do, you'll see my head on the NBC, cool. and, and I, they asked me to do Ironman Live, and they said, can you do the bike and run? And I was like, yeah, man, I wouldn't mind getting out and watching the run, yeah. you know, as a, as a yeah. fan. So it's... It's funny not racing because I seem to be more busy this week because now they know they have access to you. They're like, you got to do this, 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 this and this. But uh, it's going to be enjoyable to, to call a race that you know most of the guys who you're racing, you know, you know, you know what makes them tick and uh, yeah. to see who comes out on top on, uh, on Saturday. You know, there's so many different pressures for so many different people to get it right on, on one day is always exciting. Yeah, it's such an amazing event. Awesome. Always a pleasure having you on yeah, the show. Yeah, thanks mate. Really appreciate it. And, uh, good luck, mate. We'll be following yeah. the oh, good luck. Thanks, five, you know, mate, yeah. five months in uh, no, like, great like, interest. I, I, hope you, I so hope you get there. Like, oh, uh, so do I. Yeah, yeah. no, like, it's, it's, it's tough awesome. and it's like discretion, though. Yeah, come on, selectors. Come on, give a man a break, on, you, know. you know. Legend of the sport. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show and we'll see you when we see you. Cheers, guys. Recording this one, <laughs> we haven't actually done this interview yet, but I want to go to bed before midnight tonight. And unless, unless we, unless we do this now, Miranda Carfrey's on fire. Well, yeah, she. Well, we, it'll be interesting to to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, and Timothy O'Donnell. A lot of people are picking uh, Timothy O'Donnell to do very, very well because he's had uh, he debuted in. Iron Man Texas and at Iron Man Texas. Uh, here we go, mate. Here we go. Pull up Thorsten. Make us out. It was good when we were doing Mirror Beth Ellis because yeah. John was pulling out all the facts. And Thorsten, if you're listening, we um, were talking to WTC. We were, talking to WTC we were giving you a big plug saying, got, You need this guy on your I website. I was giving you a lot of love and they were quite interested. So, Thorsten, get excited. Yep. Well, don't get too excited. I don't want to overpromise and underdog. Hey, overpromise and so Timothy O'Donnell is uh, he's 31 years old. Nice. And he's got one Iron Man under his belt, and that was... Was that Texas? Iron Man Texas. What time First one, 8.09.50, finished wow, in second place. So pretty impressive performance. Very, very good 70.3 athlete. Don't know if he's... Did he maybe win the 70.3 World Champs last year? I'm not sure if he John, did. John, why aren't we talking up Nicolanis this week? I don't know. He's got, I think he's got a good chance. I think he's... Um, but it's not a name that... You know, like... Okay, we're day one, and we haven't talked to that many people, but if we're thinking about the race, if we look at his Texas performance, and a few mm-hmm. years ago, you know, everyone was talking him up, like, this guy could mm-hmm. be a winner. Like, why isn't he so much more in the mix oh. in the conversation? I've got no idea. But I think he's a serious risk because uh, he's a good swimmer because he comes from an ITU background. He's very, very strong on the bike. That's when he he had that second or third place here behind Crowey. Yep. He get, came off the back of a very strong ride. So if we go back to the Macker interview, you know, he, um, he could definitely be either in that front group or if there's a little second group there, he could get in that and he could be one of those really big players. So I think he's uh, a, a definitely a strong chance. But, no. you know, I think a lot of the talk this week, once we get into the next couple of days, it's going to be about Crowey and Raylert and Marino. Yep. And uh, and then, there's, you know, there's probably a, a good little four or five below that that... Well, maybe not even below that. You know, like I know you look at proven performers and you can say Ray Lurt and Crowey and all the rest of it, but you know there are other guys below there who can beat those guys too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a given between those three. So we've got those two on, um, providing all goes well. Oh, so you okay? So we will just do them both. We're not going to do a gap between them. Nah. Okay. This worked <laughs> for me. Back. Good. Good. Because yeah. what happened was we're doing we're, we're, we're doing a, we're talking at WTC. We're kind of just seeing what's happening, and you know we're making a bit of relationship happening here. Yeah. And John's building just, bridges, aren't we? Given? We're building bridges. We're building we're building foundations that are strong, John. <laughs> but. John just goes, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. He just keeps saying all this work that we can do. And who, who has to do that work, John? You go. It's, it's shared responsibility. I do, I, do my, I do the text, a bit of stuff, and you just do need to do the audio. Piece of cake. Yeah. 
Thanks, man. I know you Thanks. do. You do talk it. Talk about it. You just go. I leave your and it goes up, and there's an app, and in two seconds he goes, "Oh, I don't know these hours of work. It's, it's, it's hours. Five it's my life. Five here we go. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. Here's the interview. Current defending current. World we, 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 we had a bit of technical error there, but we've got the current world champion, and John's going defending. But it's the same thing. It is. Yes. So, but anyway, we're here. Miranda Carfrey, welcome on the show. Thank you very much. Hey, um, the first thing, we're obviously Ironman week, but I always like to swing things back to, to ITU <laughs> and ITU distance. And I've got to say, you had a, a pretty um, awesome race at the High V a few, uh, well, a few Came weeks ago. Yeah. Four ago. weeks ago, yeah. yeah. A bit of a venture back into short course times. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I got the, the call up, um, an invitation to race High V, and normally I'd do a, a 70.3 four weeks out from, from this race. and got the opportunity to go and race high v and make a little bit of extra money um and i jumped it i jumped mm. at it i mean just to mix it up a little bit and and do a different distance i mean i, I love to do the olympic distance always have mm. uh, i love stepping down and doing you know non-drafting olympic distance races and unfortunately well up until that point i hadn't been able to race any olympic distance races and then yeah i mean i went out there i didn't really expect a whole lot obviously you know leading into kona i'm in great shape um but I, I didn't really alter my training too much. I was sort of, you know, on the on the Kona plan, and um, I went in there, and I mean, it, it was such a great experience, great race. Uh, why, why, why do you think? Because it was an amazing race. It really was the talk of the town after the race. Why, why do you think you had such a great race? You know, I think um, a couple of reasons. I mean, the swim was slightly short, which helps me. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I still I still had to chase down on the bike and. You know, I've, I've been working pretty hard on my on my biking, and you know, I was I was a little bit surprised with how well I rode. I think I was probably second or third fastest bike split. Uh, I think I outsplit uh, Sarah Haskins, who is one of the yeah, yeah. best forty k time trials in the sport. So I mean, you know, I I really didn't expect to do that well. I expected to race, you know, get maybe in the top five if I had a good day. Uh, but you know, some big names, some big ITU names turned up on that day. So uh, yeah, I had a good bike and. And the bike was a really a strength course too. I mean, there was some, you know, there was a flat section that was out about out and back, a couple of technical sections, which I actually was pretty hopeless at on my time trial bikes. I just don't practice that anymore. Yeah. And then there was um, a nice, like, gradual uphill section. Um, and I think that's where, you know, I was able to make my inroads. It was also a little bit windy and, you know, I'm, I'm always riding in the wind, just, you know, getting used to this race. I don't mind going out when it's windy rather than hopping on the wind trainer. So... I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I hopped off the bike and I was only 150 down from the lead and um, I just put together a pretty good run. And uh, again, the run was slightly long, which again helped me. Um, but it was also... Did you set str- up the course? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like, it sounds like an epic camp. Yeah, really. yeah. We just Johnson changed the things. Yeah. Long swim, long run. <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, it was perfect for me. And, you know, regardless of if it was long or short, um, I think I still would have had a pretty good race and then been up close to the front regardless uh the run was sort of either slightly downhill or slightly uphill as well and i think um the itu girls are used to running on flat courses they're not used Mm. to you know having to tackle any Mm. hills and Mm. obviously in 70.3s and ironman races you're constantly going up and down and um yeah i mean it's a a bit it was a bit of a strength run too so yeah i mean it was it was a good day what about the rest of the season? Because you, you came down to New Zealand and we put on a beautiful day for you, <laughs> and you got a puncher and uh, and ended up coming through really strongly on the run. But obviously, probably you know would have liked to have been on uh, the top rung. What about the rest of your season? Because it's you know often we see you just crushing seventy point three after seventy point three after seventy point three. But it seemed like this season maybe a little bit more up and down. 
Yeah, you're right. Um, and not many people have actually picked that. Only the, the keen eye would notice that <laughs> I, I actually haven't had a great year. I um, so obviously started the year in New Zealand, went in well underdone. Um, I was going in with the mindset, I'll just get this, this race out of the way and then um, get my qualification sorted and then start my regular season. And, you know, I'm I can't. I'm not that sort of athlete. I'm a competitor. I like once I get on the start line, once the gun goes, I'll I'll race and I'll race to the death. Mm. Uh, and New Zealand, unfortunately, we had a bit of a rubbish day. It was terrible. Uh, yeah. A lot of rain. Uh, I mean, it wasn't you know that bad when we were racing, but then I got a puncture and I was sort of got a little cold sitting on the side of the road there for a little while, waiting for um, tech support. Um, but yeah, I mean, then I. You know, I'd, I hadn't planned to run that hard, and I certainly wasn't in shape to run that hard. Uh, just my off-season was pretty crazy with extra commitments, flying here and there for photo shoots. And, yeah, I mean, I just wasn't in the shape I needed to be in uh, to, to run that, that pace. So, yeah, I was able to get up on the podium, which was great, but I think that race hurt me for a couple of months after. I Definitely the immune system was a little bit compromised. And oh, really? I felt like, uh, you know, through till July I was sort of, you know, either sick or getting better and sort of trying to get uh, training sessions in here and there and just wasn't getting my normal consistency out. Um, yeah, if you look at my results, they it looks like I've had a good year because I'm still on the podium and I've still got a couple mm. of wins. But really, I mean, I don't feel like I race well until high V and mm. after uh, Vineman in July, I, I took a week off, went home and, and really knuckled down and that's sort of when my sponsorship commitments had finished. I mean, I'd done you know, most of that sort of stuff and got it out of the way early in the year so I could just focus on training and it really paid off, obviously, in high V. Um, and, yeah, I feel pretty good for this race now. So It's a question I asked a couple of years ago where, you know, you're one Kona and, you know, this gives you an opportunity. And then as an athlete, you've got to capitalise on that opportunity to you know, make as much money in this year that's coming up and, and to get as much exposure around that. Is it a fine line or is it a hard line to really get that line where, A, I've got to capitalise on this, and, B, I've still got to be a top athlete out there training? Yeah, I mean, you know, your sponsors are paying you to win races, right? But, um, you know, on the flip side, they also need you for media. They need you, especially after winning a world championship. Um, you just have extra obligations and 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 opportunities you know, mm. I looked at it as op- an opportunity I, I won that race and who knows if I'll ever win it again um, you know I certainly hope to and and that's the plan to, to win it certainly a couple more times but you know you don't know what the future holds and so I wanted to to uh, take every opportunity that was given to me and and I celebrated the win for a good couple of months and then <laughs> and then you know I had some unique opportunities I mean K-Swiss asked me to come to LA and, and run half of the, the marathon two weeks after New Zealand, which probably wasn't ideal. And in fact, I couldn't run it in the end because I was sick after yeah. flying back to, back to the US. But I mean, I, you know, I decided, made that decision to, to enjoy the win. Mm. And I mean, what you gain from, from that. Yeah, you know, you want to capitalize and sign extra sponsors and make more money. But for me, it was more about just enjoying that championship when you win the world champs you know you've obviously put years of effort and work into it and, and you know that's kind of the mecca of, of the goal when you win that did it was it hard to re-motivate yourself you know did you kind of go away from that you had a bit of downtime you know then go okay well how do I improve for next year to make sure I'm stronger to, to come back to defend this title <clears throat> was it hard to get back on the horse or did you find you were really motivated I know I think for me you know once I finish the race I'm motivated to improve you know I'm excited that I I mean, that race last year for me was picture-perfect day. Yeah. I had, like, swim in my life. I 
I rode better than I ever have before and I had a fantastic run. So, you know, I, I crossed the line and I was, I was pumped, but I was also pumped for, okay, next year I'm going to go faster. Um, but that sort of dies away once you party and you get put on a few pounds and then you've got to sort of you know, get the, the old body moving again. Um, so, yeah, the off-season is always tough, but that's every year, no matter if you win, lose, draw. But for me, um, you know, it is about winning titles, but it's also more so about improving every year. And, you know, I'm 30 years old. I feel like if I can keep making small improvements every year, um, you know, for the next five eight, ten years, depending yeah. on, you know, if I'm still loving it and still enjoying it, then that's, for me, the, the goal, to see what my body is capable of doing over the Ironman distance. So while I won, you know, I only won because there was no one faster on the day. Um, and I think that I'm capable of going faster than I did last year. Maybe maybe I will go faster this year, maybe not, but I th- certainly think that my best years are yet to come. Wow. I think we, we were here two years ago, and I don't know what position you came off the bike, because you finished second two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were standing on Hot Corner. I think somebody had just given us like a, a free milk or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you do. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know what position you were off the bike, and you came sprinting past us. You said, rookie, she's <laughs> not going to be able to handle that, but yeah. you carried on and absolutely smoked it. You, you, you're not that tall, so your leg speed's important to you. Do you do any specific things to, to get your leg speed up really high, or is that something that sort of come from your short course background? I was 11th off the bike that year, so yeah, yeah. I was in I maybe in panic mode yeah. <laughs> around Hot Corner. Was it an awesome feeling, but you, could, you know, getting 11th off the bike and just running through the field, it must have been a bit of a boost. Awesome, it was absolutely, I mean, I, I caught a couple of girls in the first mile, I think I, I ran a 5.30 first mile, and that was a rookie mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, still, I, I put together a good run that day, and I mean, I I couldn't believe that I finished in second place. I mean, I was just like, okay, well, hopefully we'll get in the top ten. Hopefully we'll get in the top five. You know, you sort of pick pick off the athletes. And you know, this race is is such a a long race. I mean, obviously it's an Ironman, but um, especially when the heats turned up. And that day the heat was turned up, and people just started belting. So mm. I think, yeah. And as you said, I'm I'm smaller, which helps I think in the heat. Um, mm. But also, yeah, you you said my leg speed is important and. Yeah, I mean, we do work on leg speed. I run on the treadmill once to twice a week. I, I always do one key run on the treadmill a week, uh, and I think that's really helped my turnover. Um, and, I, you know, in races, obviously it's a little slower on the road, but I think it translates a lot over into my uh, road racing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, at 5.3, my legs are not the longest <laughs> in the field, so, yeah, I need to turn it over as quickly as possible. Yeah. I think that's the illusion. It looks like I'm running faster than I am because my legs are so short. This, this, this year we've got the, the, the no less than pro males in the field, and it's, it's kind of been the talk of the town, really, isn't it, with the girls race, how it should influence the girls race a lot because some of the slower swimmers aren't going to get dragged up by some of the second-tier male pros. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that's going to affect the race, and do you think it, you know, what kind of dynamic do you think that's going to create for the race? I just think it's got to be a more fair race for the women. I mean, you take out some of the the male pros that are around the same level as the the top wi- women um that's just never a good idea for us you know you get out in the queen k and there's egos in place and and you know i mean no guy wants a girl to ride faster than but there are some really fast girls speak to john about that yeah you know but I, i'm hoping that i mean there's there may still be some some guys that you know obviously there's some great swimmers in in our sport and and 
the swim's not the be-all and end-all this race. It's the bike and the run. So there could still be some guys, especially earlier on the bike, that are with the top women. Um, but I'm hoping that they'll clear out pretty, pretty quickly and it'll make for a pretty fair race. But having said that, last year I felt like we were so spread out. Um, really? Uh, the women's race. I mean, Julie, there was Julie off the front and then, I mean, there's Carolyn and then there was one other girl and it was me. I was with Leander for a little while, but then I was by myself. So there really weren't many packs for the mm-hmm. for the women's race last year either. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's going to make for a better, more fair race for the women. And, you know, hopefully in the future we will be able to separate the men and women's pro field as well. I mm-hmm. think that will even... Um, make it even better for us. You guys, you guys start five thirty. Yeah. Guys off six. Yeah. Age group is six thirty. Yeah, great. Yeah, um, we've got uh, next up. We're going to have uh, Tim O'Donnell on the show. Now, has there any, been any smackdown talk about you uh, taking him down overall and even the run split? Huh. Uh, well, not overall. Absolutely not. I mean, I love this, but, but the run split. <laughs> but yeah, the run split. The run splits are a common topic in in the household. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for him, he did his first Ironman in Texas, and I think he had a lot of a lot of pressure yeah. to run faster than me, and he did. He went a, a two forty nine, and um, K Swiss, uh, Tim, and, and uh, the K Swiss guys have been going back and forth, and and Tim said that if I outrun him here, then he'll have on the back of his shoe race shoe next year. Rinny's bitch. <laughs> and, yeah, but he said that then if he outruns me, I've got to have it. And I'm like, no, I think, yeah, we'll have to tweak that somehow. And, and, you know, like I often think about the competitive, you know, two competitors being in a relationship and, you know, in this sport where you're kind of all over the place. And, and how do these guys make that work? Because it is, it is quite challenging when you're both elite athletes, which tends to create a selfish person. You know, like, I'm not saying you're selfish, but you know yeah. what I mean, like yeah, in absolutely. our sport. How do you guys make that work in the relationship sense? You know, it's actually been really easy for me. Um, Tim, the last couple of years, has been focused on ITU racing, and now that he's doing Ironman, our schedules are so similar. He's obviously more in the US. He's not traveling as much, which is great for us. And in terms of selfishness, I mean, yeah, you know, we both respect one another. I respect that, you know, he has his program. He goes and does what he has to do, and I've got mine. But at the end of the day, we try to be as normal as possible. I mean, you know, there are some athletes that take it to the extreme and wouldn't sleep in the same bed and all that sort of crazy (laughs) stuff. But we try to be as normal as possible. Obviously, we both have huge goals, um, and I support him 100%, and he supports me 100%. And I think that, you know, I think it's a positive that um, we're both professional athletes and on the same path uh, racing Ironman. And I imagine with the Trevor, it must be nice to have a partner there. You know, when you can't, you know, this week to actually have your partner here and, yeah. you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, the last two years, Tim has, has come out to support me, which has been awesome. And we were a little bit worried about both of us racing because all of a sudden, I mean, he, I can't send him down the shop to get groceries now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. call the manager up and go, no, just kidding. <laughs> hey, you're the champ. Yeah. There's got to be some perks. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely been it been a real positive to have him here traveling and you know when when you're racing a big race like this i mean i've done it for years where you go to races and you stay by yourself you finish the race you come home and it sucks i mean it, you don't have yeah. anyone to celebrate yeah. with so um it's definitely good to have someone to celebrate with at the end of the day is there any smackdown talk you want to share we were trying yeah, to get with, with, with the girls with the girls you're so nice you know what I mean like it's, it's, it's interesting when you, like the boys you know you get obviously Mecca was always going to kind of spur the pot a little bit but you know like the guys guys are kind of let out but we're kind of talking with the girls and girls very much 
I don't know. There obviously is some strategic stuff happening behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem to have come out to the forefront. Chris Leader was classic the other day. I was listening to him on competitive radio, and uh, and he was basically telling everybody not to ride. <laughs> he was going, "If you guys are, if the guys are in the pack there with, with Raylord and Marino, they shouldn't be going on the front and helping those guys. They should just be sitting there, and <laughs> yeah. just just, 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 just let me ride yeah, off." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, is there any talk amongst the girls about any SmackDown stuff? Is there any case? Not, maybe not SmackDown, but like teamwork or stuff like that, or working together. You know what? As far as I know, um, not really. I mean, the girl, yeah, you're right. The girls are, are really quite tame in that respect. We're yeah. we're all sort of too nice, focusing on ourselves. And I mean, I'm sure there are girls out there that are keen to um, knock me off the top. And and Chrissy, everybody's keen to beat her um, yeah. at any opportunity. So you know, we just. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Julie and I love a bit of smack talk, but most of the other girls don't really partake too much in our <laughs> shenanigans. You were saying earlier that um, back home, you know, you didn't really get that much media exposure from your win. You know, like, was that, is that a little bit disappointing? You know, like, you're saying you're based in, New- um, in the States now, so maybe it's a little bit understanding, but, you know, like, you've won the World Championship, it's, mm-hmm. and it's such a significant thing. And traditionally, Australia is a pretty triathlon-strong country, and to think that last year you had Macca and yourself, both, you know, both Australians take out this biggest event in our sport, really, other than the Olympics, you know, was that a little bit disappointing? You know, yeah, you, it was. I mean, and as, as you said, I spend a lot of my time in the US now. I don't really have any Australian sponsors, and... You know, I don't race in Australia anymore. There's just not many opportunities for us to race in Australia anymore. So, I mean, yeah, definitely disappointing, especially with Macca and myself taking out the win. Um, but, you know, we as a nation are a very strong triathlon uh, nation, but it still seems that um, it's definitely tipped towards the ITU athletes. Um, you know, we l- love the Olympics in yeah. Australia and obviously Ironman's not in the Olympics so it takes a bit of a backseat and, and I completely understand that but um, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more um, support from Australia after you know two champs and I mean the men have, have held the title yeah, for the last four yeah, years dominating, so, is, yeah. so I mean yeah, I think it's getting better Crowey does a great job back in Australia he spends half the year there so he's able to push it. hop on you know he's been on the footy show and and, 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 and things like that but I mean yeah I've, so far I haven't really been able to well, well, I suppose um, what's, what's been great about being a champ with the world champ and what's been hard about being the world champ What's been great? I mean, what hasn't been great about being the world champ? Well, probably the thing that hasn't been great is that, you know, you just have a lot of extra obligations after the race. You have a lot of extra bits and pieces to tick off and you can't just go in and um, off on your own and get your training block done. You're sort of always, you know, there's always cameras around. There's, I mean, that... It's there's positives and negatives. Yeah, 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 I mean there's positives and negatives. You go to a race and it it's great the support that you get and and so forth. But you know you're constantly being sort of pulled here and there, yeah. um, which for me I don't mind so much. But um, it was just more the off season for me where I was. I mean it's my own fault. I I'm I'm more likely than not to say yes when somebody asks me to do a photo shoot. I want to give back to my sponsors. I mean, they feel like they supported me and, and I want to do as much as I can to give back, but it's hard to say no and, and uh, focus on yourself and, and, and rein it in and just get those four weeks of training uninterrupted done. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's been the toughest part. And, and probably the biggest highlights? Highlights? I mean, just winning the race uh, was a pretty huge highlight. But, I mean, just... 
um, more, a couple more sponsors uh, have come on board, meeting some amazing people uh, through this. Um, yeah, I don't know, highlights. Coming live on I Am Talk. Oh, second time of the year, I think, was it? Yeah, we had you early on this year, or was, was it, it within the last year? 12 months? Yeah. I think it was last year in New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, here. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we did we spoke to you before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Brilliant. We're looking forward to seeing you out there on the day. Oh, look, I'm, yeah. This is the. I'm looking forward to the women's race this year. It's going to yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We've got, we've got lots of girls lined up for the show. We've got yourself, we've got had Mary Beth, and we've got Rachel Joyce tomorrow, and Caroline Stephens. So. All right. But I, th- we'll, 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 I, think, I think there's a lot of interest in the race. We're staying in the same complex, so we'll, we'll report back any smack talk to you. Okay, good. I'll listen in. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Hey, thanks. Good luck this weekend, mate. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Right. Next up, you probably get this all the time, Batman. Can we call you Batman? Batman? Why? Tim, I, 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 I believe you can actually come is, a little bit closer. T- Timothy, who's the, the Batman used to be? Timothy, Tim O'Donnell? No, it's, oh, it's Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Yes. Oh. I'm still going to call you Batman. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Robin, sidekick Robin over here. That was, that was like the worst call of all time, mate. Yeah, you it? probably get this all the time, but he goes, what? We'll see, we'll see that off WTC for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so Timothy O'Donnell, 70.3 yep. extraordinaire, uh, raced on debut at Ironman Texas, done 809. Uh, pretty sharp, John. Place, pretty, pretty sharp. sharp. <laughs> um, welcome along to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. So, you, so your history is ITU. Tell yep. us a little bit about your history. Um, well, to be honest with you, I was a, kind of a mediocre uh, ITU racer. Um, you know, I was, I think, six of the U.S. trials and, you know, never really broke out on the World Cup scene. Um, but uh, my running really came along, you know, in 2009 after our trials and, um, you know, kind of uh, a little late. Um, and at that point, I had started doing 70.3s and really started falling in love with the non-drafting stuff. So was it the swim that you down in, the, in terms of the, the ITU stuff not making the pack? or was yeah, the, You know, I just I didn't have the run speed for the ITU at the time. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was a swimmer in college, so you know, no problem with the front pack. And yeah. my uh, cycling was really strong, so I actually ended up turning, uh, turning into the um, kind of the, the breakaway type of guy, you know. Uh, mm. Hoping uh, to get away. So you yeah, exactly. Just yeah. trying to get some times. I remember um, Hamburg uh, World Champs in Hamburg uh, going on a break, uh, solo break, and then also going with uh, Olivier Marceau, and just you know, kind of desperation moves. Yeah, um, I just didn't have the confidence in my run, and you know, I was progressing a lot. And my running was progressing in training, and I hadn't see it uh, seen it translate into my racing yet, uh, okay. and probably because I didn't have confidence in it, and I was. So you weren't really backing yourself in those moments. Exactly, yeah. I was yeah. just trying to do too much on the bike. And in the ITU, that's pretty hard hard thing to do. you wouldn't have good runs anyway because you're exactly. fatigued. Yep. Exactly, so. so if we fast forward now to Kona, you know, we'll maybe talk about Texas a little bit later on. But um, often we hear the, the stories about the gods of Kona and, uh, and people just losing it mentally. And what have you sort of done to prepare yourself for this day, given its tough conditions? It's a world champs. Yeah. Um, strong field. Strong field. Yeah. What do you sort of got to, to, to sort of hopefully alleviate some of the, the pressures that, that are going to come out there? Yeah, you know, this is definitely a unique race. And um, I've been out here the last two years watching Rennie. Um, so I, I do have, I think, a better idea than, you know, maybe someone just coming here for the first time. Um, but it's really just a you know, matter of the way you train every day and, and understanding the difficulties that you're going to face. And uh, I call them, you know, little dark spots and in you know, understanding that you just have to get through those those dark moments and, and keep pushing. And if you keep pushing, um, you know, you'll surprise yourself at the end of the race. 
We got a, the Rayleurts earlier in the year. There was a million bucks on the line that Caseless were going to put out for them. Have we got any negotiations out there if uh, Rennie and yourself uh, took it out of you? Have you managed to draw anything like that into the contract? Yeah, you know, we've been, t- we've been talking with the Caseless folks, and, um, and they're all on board, but they want to see a ring before, before they put up the million bucks. So. Oh, really? So we were talking about maybe getting a justice of the peace out in the course, and if we're both doing really well, <laughs> nice. kind of a... Uh, Sign the papers running down a Leahy Drive. <laughs> when, you, you, when you went from ITU to 70.3, you know, that, that is a transition and the way you're training and, and all the rest of it for those kind of races. You, you're obviously pretty quickly successful in your 70.3s and, you know, you're obviously flying along. And was Ironman always going to be, you know, once you still know ITU, did you go, I'm definitely going to do Ironman or do you think I could just do 70.3? You know, I started uh, the sport uh, in college in, in the USA triathlon age group program, so. Um, you know, my, I fell in love with triathlon as a non-drafting race, and um, I had no intention of doing ITU stuff, and I oh, kind of really? got put into the program um, oh, okay. by my coach, and, and it was great opportunities, and, and I'm very thankful for you know being able to train at the Olympic Training Center and national uh, team support. Um, but I think I really knew deep down in my heart that I, in the, the name I make for myself in this sport is going to be through Ironman racing. So you're kind of deep down always be leading towards it? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I swim. I was a distance swimmer growing up. You know, I started swimming in 1986 when I was five, and I was a really bad swimmer, and I got put in the distance swimming lane, <laughs> and I started to excel just because I kept working and, and I kept getting better. And even then, you know, we would do crazy stuff, 10,000-meter main sets, and guys that were even, you know, in the 800 a, a lot faster than me. When we started going into those longer sets, I would, you know, come up on par with guys. And... I just think that that for me that's an, was the indication that maybe the longer the race, uh, the better I'm going to do. Um, we were talking to Macca earlier about team strategies and things like that, and mentioned it with Rennie as well. I don't know with the, with the guys. One thing Macca said that, that potentially could happen: there's a, a group of probably six or seven really good swimmers, and and, and, and trying to get away on the bike. I mean, tactically for you, do you do you go out there and you, you ride to power? You know, if if that happens and there's a break of say six to eight guys and you're in that break do you you going out there riding to power perceived effort how do you sort of judge your efforts uh, through the day and obviously yeah. you can't you don't need to spill the beans on all your race tactics <laughs> yeah. but, but, every minute but, breaking yeah. down yeah. <laughs> where's your power meter with the seat <laughs> <laughs> um, you know actually I, I completely agree with uh, what, what Mako was saying um, and I actually did a long ride with Crowey a few weeks ago and, and brought up that same thing I mean you're seeing a progression of ITU racers, short course racers yeah, coming into the sport. So in my opinion, it's only natural that that some group's going to break up. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, levels of swimmers in that front front group right now. And there's no reason it can't break up. Um, and there's no reason that guys like Dirk Bockel and, you know, Luke McKenzie or myself, Andy Potts, um, can't be a formidable group on the front yeah. of the race. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if that happens, I, I, plan on, on making every effort to to be in that front group and and trying to to race from the front at that point you know like in the itu world you're racing all the time and you're racing you, you become a competitor because you race so much in our world you kind of lose a little bit of that a because you're not racing so much and b because you actually don't race in that many races where you're racing before the top athletes you know really we mm-hmm. once a year and 70.3s occasionally, but really, you, you, you did Texas, which was a pretty strong field as well. But it's not like you're racing every weekend where you're racing the top dogs every weekend, so you get that kind of game fit. 
when it comes to the strategy of your game, do you think you've kind of got that right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you lost a little of that because you haven't been racing so much? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, hey, I still, I did high V and I did a couple of 70.3s and, and up to the end of July. Um, so I feel pretty good about, um, that angle of it. Um, the thing is with Ironmans, you usually think that it's just an individual race and you go out and whatever you can do, you can do. But, you know, with the way Kona unfolds, especially for the men, it's, it's you know, it's an interactive race with the other athletes pretty much until the run. And then it's your own race, whatever you have left and you can run. Um, so I, that I am curious to see how it is going to unfold for me personally, having to um, make the decisions and, you know, okay, who, you know, this guy goes off, Dirk, you know, attacks or whatever. Do I go with him or... Or, uh, you know, uh, Rainer go, you know, when do you know when to go? And um, that's going to be, I think, really key for me. And and that's make or break moments, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you're used to in in shorter races. And now you have to have that kind of savviness in in Kona. When you were planning your season, um, did you look at this from a points perspective or were you looking at a prize money perspective um, in terms of trying to figure out right I I need to get some good points I need to do an Ironman uh, I'll do my 70.3s were you looking at a points perspective or were you just sort of going to see how it sort of panned out you know I was I was really on the fence at the end of last year on if I was even going to start my Ironman um, racing career this year oh really why yeah um, just because I still had that desire to go to the Olympics and um, you know I'd been second uh in 09 and last year at us pro nationals itu so um for me it's like oh yeah it's still a possibility you're running you know just as well as the other americans um and then you know i did uh clearwater and i did phuket and all of a sudden i'm like seventh in the kona rankings and i'm this is a perfect was the perfect year for me because you know as a guy coming in that has to do an ironman the top 10 guys that normally don't have to do an Ironman, all of a sudden they have to do one too. So now the playing field's leveled yeah. you know, as I enter the race. So um, I figured it was just really an opportune time to kind of strike and, and get in the mix. Was it, was it like, you know, like we often you know, look at what Mech is doing right now, going back and trying to get that Olympic dream. And, and I imagine a lot of ITU guys, that, that's the thing that holds them in there is their idea of going to the Olympics. And it's, you know, it's that kind of most athletes dream in their life. Was that a hard thing to let go of? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Olympics was definitely a hard thing to let go of, um, especially, you know, with my family. And, you know, everybody, your family always, they, they think sport, they think Olympics. Yeah. You know, there's nothing better. But for me personally, if I had the choice of going to the Olympics and, you know, winning Kona, i I choose winning Kona. And, what I about mean, an Olympic gold? And see, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I was just going to say, Olympic gold is a different thing. But in all honesty, like, I don't have that run speed that, you know, the Brownleys have. And uh, I really think I could, could make the U.S. team, but I don't think I would, you know, so unless I went on one of those crazy breakaways, I'm, I'm not running, you know, outrunning one of the Brown, Brownleys. So I honestly think at some point in my career I can win Kona. And with the way triathlon is going, you have to be, you know, really specific in what you want your goals to be because you can't do it all anymore, you know. I mean, there's everybody's that good everywhere you go. So the Brownlee effect, I just made that up, John. The Brownlee effect is going Peyton to get patent it. Patent it. Do, do you think that's going to actually have <laughs> more people like you coming over? You know, the, like guys who are kind of kind of there, thereabouts. You know, maybe you know, top five to through to fifteen. But you know, you've got these young dudes, who are, and I know things change pretty quickly in sport. Yeah. But 
you know, they're probably going, well, you know what, these guys, you know, like yourself, are going into the longer distance and they're having success, they're getting great exposure, you know, they're building more of a career, they probably make a little more money. Do you think that's going to have, you're going to see more crossover from the ITU? Um, I think as people's careers progress, they, you know, it's a logical step. But, um, I mean, first of all, the lure of going to the Olympics is, is really great. And, yeah. and I don't think, especially the younger guys, they're, they're not going to look past that. Uh, but you also have athletes that aren't going to translate well into non-drafting. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there yeah, that can't really, really ride a bike. And, you know, the best ITU guys will be, the, you know, among the best in, in any yeah, one of our disciplines. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys out there that can run really fast and that can occasionally make a bike pack that, you know, just won't be able to show up in a non-drafting race. So, um, And I also think you'll see a difference in the way triathletes are, are, are raised and I think you'll get you know more triathletes bred for ITU versus yeah. non-drafting I mean I, it's interesting now I mean everybody you know from the past years have come off of you know non-drafting and, and gone into uh, the drafting world because it, it just changed the ITU just changed it over but now with the next generation you're going to have people bred specifically for yeah. running really fast and maybe that won't translate well into non-drafting is it, is, what's what's the life difference? You know, like from being an ITU, where you're very supported by the country, you get a lot. Of, you know, like, yeah. oh, I don't know what it's like in America, but there's often a lot of funding around it. They provide you with a lot of opportunity to then go into the to this kind of long distance world where it's very much on your own kind of feet. Yeah. What's that transition been like for you? Uh, you know, for me personally, it's been unbelievable. Really? Um, yeah, I was. You know, I was at the Olympic Training Center up through the end of 2008, and incredible opportunities. Everything you need is provided. Uh, I was on the national team, so travel was provided and then you know you get meals taken care of you get a place to sleep you get massage Um, but for me personally and I think it may be a pattern um, in general is that you can get very complacent when everything's in what way um, you know whether regardless of how you do when you come back from a race everything you need is still going to be there for you so for some people that's enough um, and and winning won't motivate them to work you know that much harder um because it's going to be there no matter what, you know, their massage is going to be there no matter what. Um, so, you know, I got out of, I was in the Navy as well. I got out of the Navy at the same time. I decided to move to Boulder and, you know, I had X amount of dollars. I can make it for, you know, 18 months or two years or whatever it is. If I don't make it by then, I'm, I'm moving on with my life, you know? And, um, yeah, it was just like step up to the plate. And then was it, was it, was it fear that motivated you? Or was it more, this, this is the challenge? I think it was, um, just kind of, stepping up you know personally and realizing you know i gave up my career in the navy for triathlon um now i want to you know i want to make it a career so it's time to do it and just stepped up it almost sounds like you feel you develop more as a person in this world mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. interesting isn't it don't go t- too deep there, well Jeez, no, but it's, it's <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know because you know, you know, i'm that's what it's all about isn't it it's, it's, it's this, we talk about growth and, and i and i always believe it's not just growth as i'm a faster athlete it's on growth as, as a person and you know, like if, if we develop kids in our sport that at the end of it have no life skills, is that a healthy thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's these questions we need to think around sport. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. Three questions we often ask people. Um, what did I ask the chicks this? Why is this job? We, we, we get Rennie back on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bring her back over here. Come here, Rennie. <laughs> well, first one is, uh, and this will be a good one for Rennie as well. What, what if you <laughs> don't. No. <laughs> no. Fre- fresh marathon. What do you think you could, or have you run a fresh marathon? And no, if you, if, if, you could, if you could get quality training, you know, a good like 16 weeks where you're just going to be an absolute smackdown on the run, yep. what, what do you think you could do? 
Poof, what did Rini say she could do? It's got to be faster than that. <laughs> it's got to be faster than that. Fridge marathon? <laughs> 230. 230? Yeah, I ran 236. should be faster than that. 229. 229. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I think I could probably run... Uh, I think whatever you run in a half in an Ironman, or in a half Ironman, you could probably run fresh in a... Double it for a marathon. Yeah, yeah. double it for a marathon. 225, so, 224. Two, two, hopefully 222, yeah. 220-ish. Rasmus Henning said 213, yeah. didn't he? 213. Of course, there was a controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Slow twitch went wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, wax or shave? Uh, Shave. Yeah, yeah. This is the last one you did, one mate. No. Yeah, and <laughs> final one. This is, the, this is the crunch. Do you use facial products? Facial products. Like moisturizer and like that. Uh, in Colorado, sometimes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Man. it's so dry. It's just, just dry. Yeah. But otherwise, you no, know, I, you I, know, I only shave. Only shave when I have to. Now, I, I like yeah, to save yeah, on the yeah. razors. Yeah, save <laughs> the environment. Have a good luck this weekend. It's, Thank you, guys. I, I think you bring a different dynamic to the race as well, and and people. You know they don't. They don't even know you yet. You yep. know, and so that's that's almost the element of surprise. Yeah, definitely. Know. I hope I'm off uh, off the radar screen for some of the guys. I suppose just quickly. I, I, always, I always do this. Yeah, I always, always. We wrap it up and ask them like another twenty <laughs> questions. But what was Texas like? Um, it was it was you know Texas was really nerve wracking for me. Actually, I was probably more felt more pressure going into that than than Tacoma. Why? Uh, just because I think a, a lot of people um, over here in the industry, you know. Thought I would be, you know, stepping up and, and be the next American Hope, and yeah, um, you know, I could have Texas could have gone horribly wrong, and and you know, maybe I wasn't going to be a good Ironman athlete, and you know, it was a great race, and I learned a lot, and um, I think I, you know, made a pretty good showing for my first time out in an Ironman. So, so it's again leads into more questions. Sorry, <laughs> but. You are the kind of American hope right now, and, and, and there hasn't been the American hope for the last few years. You know, he had Tim DeBoom and all that in early kind of 2000s. Hey, pots. Oh, Pots, yeah. yeah I suppose pots, you're yeah. in Pots, yeah. But does it create a lot of pressure? Like, what does it mean for you? Um, you know, being a military guy and, and you know, my my experiences with that, it's, it's really an honor for me. I mean, I signed up to serve this country, and now I can serve it in maybe another capacity. It's pretty cool, but... Um, I don't think it's going to get me across the line. Um, my desire and the sport and everything I've put into it, um, that's what's going to get me to win a race. But um, if I can uh, you know, represent the U.S. by, by doing so, it's, it's pretty if awesome. You, if you could win, mate, ka-ching. Hey, yeah. <laughs> ka-ching, man, you'll be catching him big time. <laughs> nice. Hopefully you win, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look forward to seeing you out in the Queen Cat. Yeah, awesome. bring it on. Good luck this weekend. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate thanks it. Time. Sweet. Awesome, guys. Well, we haven't even listened to it yet. We haven't done it, but if you have listened to it, which you would have because you listened to the show, you know that was an amazing interview. John, your thoughts? It was an, a very interesting interview. Uh, tomorrow's schedule. Um, what did you think about Marinda's SmackDown talk? <laughs> we've got to get some SmackDown talk. Wait, that's our she, goal she, this she week. Quite, um, um, again, we, we haven't listened to it, but I reckon she's, she'll lay down a little bit of SmackDown talk. You reckon? Yeah. Nice, okay. She's a little bit of a fiery Aussie. Yeah, she's sharp too, man. She's sharp right now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it isn't all just Chrissy. No, hopefully not. I'd, I'd love it to be a good race. Yeah, but you'd want to take Chrissy down when she's at her best. You know, you wouldn't yeah. want her to crumble, and then yeah. you'd want to go right. Based on high there, you know, you just never know. You never know. Okay, John, but what's what's the gossip? So tomorrow is Wednesday, uh, so things will ramp up even further. We start off uh, swimming out to the Coffees of Hawaii boat, and we'll be out there between sort of seven and eight, and then we head. In for the transition challenge, we caught up with uh, Andrew Charles today, and he was telling Bevan he's got absolutely no show of taking me down. You know, I do have a, I do have one problem. 
Yes. I don't have try shoes. Yeah, well, you've got to have those shoes. have got to be fully done up. You know, none of this baby oh. just shoes in there. My straps will be done up on my one strap so try I, shoes. If I buy my time shoes that I had for like 20 years, yes. that would be great. One strap, that was the key. So that might be the problem. Okay, I might get. I might let you get away with the ratchet system one, but your, your other straps have to be done up. You've got three straps. I'll, I'll take two out of three straps. It'll be satisfactory. Okay. Uh, so we've got the little... So um, I have to strap one of them, so it'll be like a time trial shoe. Or like a, you two Velcro ones. Okay. You've got to do those two. So then we've got our little uh, test there, and then I think lined up after that we have... We should maybe do the one we were meant to do today. Okay. Because yeah. we were meant to do the slowest, slowest race. And we didn't double that up. Yeah. Then we have um, Matt Dixon, I think, the coach from Purple Patch, all going well. And, and I think it's going to be really interesting, interesting interview because he's really about backing it off a little bit on your training. Higher, slightly higher intensity, slightly less volume. So we have heard. Well, that's what Albert was telling yeah. us today. So. Uh, and then we've uh, lined up Frederick Van Laird. So another one who is a, you know, people are talking up. He won Abu Dhabi, dominated and a, and a Ironman strong France. Strong performance in, in Abu Dhabi. And then afternoon. Um, Think, we think we've got Lou Hollander lined up. A few people asked him, so if that's all going well, we'll, um, we'll chat with him. And a couple of other things lined up tomorrow. Oh, the Joycenator and Ferris. Oh, nice. Mm. We saw the Joycenator running down the street. She was looking sharp. Fast. Sharp and fast. Mm. So, John, um, normally we say, what's the goss at the end of the show? What's your goss, John? Uh, I've got no goss. Bevan, you, you've been in my pocket. You, you've seen every single thing I've done for the last 36 hours. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of any good goss. There's no real cost, is there? You're farting a lot. <laughs> you, you are. <laughs> you are too. <laughs> um, he is. Because when you go running with John, he does, you know, you know, come on, let's be honest. Well, let's break the ice here. When you go running with, you know, when you go running, you do the poppy fart sometimes, don't we? Yeah. You know, and it's just a part of running. Everyone does it. But John seems to do it when he's not running as well. <laughs> hey, well, I've, got to, I've got to say, a bit of a weak response on the questions on Facebook. Oh, really? That one's for the... For the for when the, is the, the media pro- conference? It's on Thursday, so you've got okay. another day to pick up your game, people. We want some funny questions to ask. Yeah, people went all serious, didn't they? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a pro-press conference, and we want to break the ice here, but we were talking to WTC today. They're going like, you know, that... that Someone to mix it up. Mix, it, mix up. it up. You and, know and what? We people. are going to be those people. Yeah. We'll probably get ejected, but that's okay. Who are our WTC friends? Jessica and Trisha. Yeah, they're tight. We're tight with them. They're yeah. tight. Yeah. It was nice. We went into the media room. They give you they give you a kind of a media bag. It was we kind sort of cool. started taking over the media room. Already, yeah. And uh <laughs> saying, you come and sit over here. Yeah. yeah. Charge you, but you come and sit over here. Yeah, come to us. And uh Jessica heard our voices from behind the screen. Whoosh. And she said, Come on in boys, and we said we'll be there. Mm. Anyway. Right. Big show. It's, uh, I think we've hit two hours. Mm. We're probably over two hours. Yes. Thanks again to our lovely sponsors, Endurance Sport Travel, Audio Technica, Lava Java, O2 Creations, and our regular sponsors, Coffees of Hawaii, Athlinks, and Extreme Endurance. And more importantly, thank you to everyone who's donated to get us here. We've got a lot of shows coming up next few hours, the next few days. There's going to be heaps of content, but the more content we're concerned, the better. The, over the next few days, we'll obviously show a bit more of the feel around the place as well. We'll get a bit more live out there kind of updates as well because we'll be going to the expo we'll be getting that feel happening and a few more of the listeners kind of on the show so thanks for the first show and uh, we're going to rock on from here so what is it John? I'm Russ I'm Mendo Train hard Train smart Kia kaha. Kaha.